And now, introducing the man who's lost. You're, you're too loud. That's all I'm trying to tell you. You're too loud. It's okay. Try that. Yeah, I'd just do it again try, at this point. Try that again. Yeah, bring, I'd bring the music down a bit too, yep. And now, introducing the man whose lawsuit against Applebee's is pending. The main argument citing the tagline, eating good in the neighborhood as, quote, discriminatory against horse farm owners with no neighbors, unquote. His desired compensation, 52 sirloin steaks and 104 pounds of fried shrimp. He watched, he watched Chris Taylor launch his third home run last night and shouted out to no one in particular, Hey! That guy looks like Joe Flacco. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am the aforementioned Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. We are with you on a Friday, a busy day here on the program. Lots to do. That's the way we like it. That's uh, that's never a bad thing. So everybody asks me, how, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, busy. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, nah, it's a good thing. You want to be busy. You don't want to be... Uh, you don't want to be, you know, sitting around with nothing to do. You, you want to be in demand. You want to have people that are interested in your time. Those are good things. Coming up on the program today, we're going to preview Ravens-Bengals, of course. Bo Smolka, as he does every Friday, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will check in with us. Also, we will chat with Rocky Boyman, one of our friends, uh, radio host out on uh, WLW in Cincinnati former NFL linebacker. He's going to join us to preview Sunday's game and perhaps even spare a thought or two about uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats as they travel to Navy tomorrow. Also, coming up this morning, uh, we'll talk a little more about the Ravens, but also preview Maryland-Minnesota because he's on the call. Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker, now with SiriusXM NFL Radio, and also he'll be calling Maryland-Minnesota for ESPN2. We'll chat with him we are going to, of course, it's Friday, so we'll get our senator's suggestions. State Senator Justin Reedy. We're, we're going to talk to him about the, the betting thing, I promise you. like We're not going to have State Senator on the program and not discuss it. Um, but we will also talk to him, of course, about the college football weekend. That is Senator's suggestions. I can only imagine. Some weeks I know exactly what his three games are going to be because, you know, there's only three good games all weekend or there's three ranked matchups this weekend. Again, no ranked matchups at all. So we'll talk to Senator Reedy about what we should be paying attention to nonetheless. Uh, we're going to preview Maryland Million Day. And in fact, I'm going to give away a pair of tickets, VIP tickets, for Maryland Million Day tomorrow at Laurel Park. The free food, that private uh, seating area, all of that. You want to be a VIP? You want to put your fancy hat on? You want to put on a seersucker and go enjoy a day at the races tomorrow? Um, I, I happen to know Nick Kelly was one of our winners in the past and he was like, man, that's awesome. So we're going to give away, uh, VIP passes and don't worry, I'm going to be able to email them to you. If you are the winner, you don't have to come pick them up. Uh, I will email them to you for Maryland million day tomorrow. We're going to do that a little bit later on in the program. And we'll wrap up the show by chatting with Santi Aldama, the former Loyola uh, basketball star who is now uh, a rookie with the Grizzlies, was their first-round pick this year. So a lot to do on the program today. Not nearly enough time to do it all, but that's okay. We will make it happen anyway. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling sale is on at Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four windows, get four free. There's no limit. Literally, it goes on forever. Buy 100 windows, get 100 free. Buy 6 billion windows. I don't know where you're keeping them, but that's not my business. I want to make that very clear. I, what do we say? We don't kink shame. We never, ever, ever kink shame. Whatever you're doing with your windows, that's between you, uh, your consenting adult partner, 
and I don't know if you if you have a, if you're a religious person, maybe your Lord, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, blessings. But if you get six billion windows, you purchase them, you will also get six billion windows free. And you don't have to have had Mr. Radcliffe as a high school math teacher in order to know that's 12 billion windows for the price of six billion. That's very simple. Very simple for you to figure out. Plus, pay nothing. So I want to make this clear. You can get those 12 billion windows for the price of six, six billion, and you won't pay a penny for any of those 12 billion windows for two, two years. Think about it. Think about it. That's two years of 12 billion windows that cost you nothing. Pretty remarkable, if you ask me. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Those are the details for you to get in on that incredible offer. Um, you know, bring, bring Jordan on for just a second here because Jordan, little, little Jordan, little Jordan, of course, our Friday intern here on GCR, he made a cameo appearance this week at Twain's Tavern for the Tyus Bowser show. It was great to see you, little Jordan. Thank you for coming out. Of course. It seemed, oh, we need his oh, mic on yeah. too. Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, of course. I'll get her one of these. It's days. all right, Paul. You're good. You're good. A lot going on. I understand. Um, great to be there. Uh, you you got to see what a good dude Tyus Bowser is. Like, yeah. unbelievable yeah. human being. You guys, your, your friend comes up with like a weird pair of pants and he's just like, all right, I'll sign them. Like, I would be creeped out by that, just for oh, the yeah. record. Yeah. Myself, if someone brought me a pair of pants that wasn't even my own pair, it was just some random pair of pants, I might say to myself, eh, I'm going to pass. You don't have a, like a cocktail napkin or... Something else I could sign here, but is that what Tyus Bowser did? Nope. Nope. He was very kind. It was like, in fact, he asked questions. Did he yeah, not? He, he tried. He, I think he, he was trying to figure out whose pants they are. I, I believe I, I deciphered that they would have been Ed Dixon's. It was the number 84, and it was from 2013 was the math that we did, correct? I believe so. I believe off the top of my head that that makes them Ed Dixon's pants because 2013 was his last season in Baltimore. And I know at one point he changed his number, but I thought he changed it to 84. I thought he was something else and became 84. And I'm going to have to double check on that. Obviously, it's very important. Yes, he was 83 at first, switched to 84. So if it was 2013 in the number 84, then I can confirm those were Ed Dixon's knickers that, uh, that your friend... And why wouldn't you want to own Ed Dixon's? Yeah. First of all, I love Ed Dixon. People forget. Oh, yeah. People forget who was the starting tight end when the Ravens won their second Super Bowl. Ed Dixon. It was not Dennis Pitta. It was Ed Dixon. And you know that why that was? Pitta's hip. No, nope, Pitta was playing because Ed Dixon was an exceptional blocker. No, this is the yeah. Nick Boyle thing that people don't realize. Ed Dixon had such tremendous value to the football team as a blocker. That's the reason why he stuck it out in the league for a, a, over a decade. Because he was such a good run blocker, and he was such a good blocker in general, pass blocker too, that they wanted him on the field constantly, even though every now and then there was an issue with his hands, even though he wasn't always the most reliable pass catcher that you would have wanted him to be. Although, in fairness, one of the most famous ones was the fourth down play against the Steelers, and that was completely on Joe for throwing the ball in the turf on fourth down with the game on the line. Cannot happen. I like Joe Flacco a lot, but that can never happen. That wasn't on Ed Dixon at all. Um, so Tyus Bowser, great dude. I know you had a great time. Uh, I'm sure you would encourage other people to come out to the Tyus Bowser show in the future. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, all the ones in Mother's Timonium, I shall be there. Oh, you're coming back. Yeah. The family had a good time? Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is awesome. This yeah. is awesome. Dalen Hayes was a great dude, too. It was yeah. great to have him out and the first opportunity for a lot of people to get to meet him. And hopefully he'll be back on the field really soon. Um, if you missed any of it, we replayed both segments, obviously, the last couple days. But they are up in the archives. And the video is up at glennclarkradio.com as well for you to check out the Tyus Bowser show. We're going to do a private show next Tuesday at the Center Club downtown. It's I'm, I, I want to do this right now. I want to give someone the chance to be our guest, you and a guest, at the Center Club. I know my man Matt Myers knows all about the Center Club. The Center Club is fantastic. I love the Center Club. I've uh, been there. Trust me, I'm not a member. <laughs> Believe it or not, your boy's not quite swimming in those waters just yet. Got to swim in a bit shallower waters myself. It's, it's just what it is. 100 Light Street. The Center Club is so incredible. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring we're going to give you and your guests, we're going to put you on the list for next Tuesday night. You're going to come out, you're going to the opportunity to meet Tyus and a special guest and be there for the show. And we're picking up your food and drink tab for the night. Everything's on us. This is a pure and complete giveaway that we're doing for Tuesday night at the Center Club. What you need to do you need to tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. And all you got to do is say, Center Club. And we will pick one of you at random, and you're going. Now, as always, we're not going to pick the winner immediately because we know we actually have a larger listening audience later in the day than we have live. I, it, it frustrates me uh, to, to no end, but I get it. I appreciate you listening whenever, like Shakira, whenever, wherever. We're meant to be together. Um. And, and my hips don't lie. We have very similarities, uh, significant similarities between myself and Shakira. You say that all the time, Paul. I know. I know. Thank you. I've, it's, it finally dawned on me. Do you want a hashtag for Center Club? No, I don't need that. And don't, don't, this is for listeners. I don't want this tweeted out. Oh, gotcha. This is just for, this is to reward someone who's listening. All right, then. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, I should have told you that beforehand. Obviously, that's a, that, 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 this right here is a failure to communicate on me. On me. This is a reward for someone who's listening. This, is, this means if you actually tune into the show, you get the benefits. And what you're getting this week is you're getting to come out to the Center Club on Tuesday night to be our special guest for the Tyus Bowser Show with his special guest. And we are picking up your food and drink tab, which, by the way, I didn't even know we were doing. I just found that out. And now, frankly, I'm a little jealous because my food and drink tab doesn't get picked up. Pretty awesome. Man, in fairness, I also run up a significant food and drink. You know me. I'm a glutton. Um, so that's what I want to do. I want one of you or at least whoever wants to come, tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio and just say Center Club. That's it. That's it. And one of you will be chosen at random. We will make that choice tomorrow so that everybody who listens later has that opportunity to get in. And you will be joining us at the Center Club on Tuesday night. But, yes, please come out to Mothers in Timonium uh, for the show after that. And you can find out more about the Tyus Bowser show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. It's all brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. As Paul mentioned at the top, the Dodgers win last night. Boo. Boo. Apparently Andrew Steck is happy, but he can go F himself. I can't believe how they're a great story, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, what a wonderful story the Dodgers are spending six hundred million dollars on baseball players. Like, Jesus Christ. So do you also root for Amazon to take out all of the mom and pop shops across the country? Like how 
how dark is your heart, man? Like, do you have no soul? He 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 caught on to the fact that I was doing a ginger bit because he's a, he's a he's a bit of a ginger, Andrew Stecka. Like, you have no heart or nor soul, no soul. Like, what is wrong with you? Is that why he shaves his head bald? Might be. I well, I don't know if that's a shave the head bald thing or just a, he lost a battle. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, but whatever it is, again, we don't kink shame. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I guess Andrew Steck is happy today, but that makes one of us. The rest of us are, and, and obviously our buddy Dash, Christy Shield from WBAL is a huge Dodgers fan. But other than those folks, um, the rest of us, blech, that suck. Now, a lot of people will point out, isn't isn't this following literally the exact same pattern of a year ago in the NLCS, where the Braves were up two zero, lost the next game, then went back up three one and proceeded to lose the next game, and then they ended up losing all three and losing the series. And the answer would be, yes, it's obviously following that same pattern. You're 100% right about that, and you're right to be concerned. The clear big difference between this year and last year is they're going back to Atlanta Mm -hmm. to play games six and seven, whereas last year they played the game somewhere in Texas with like 10,000 fans in attendance. Now, it's not quite the same as playing games six and seven in L.A., but it's not nearly the boost that going back to your own home stadium should be for the Atlanta Braves. Should be. Doesn't guarantee anything, and the Dodgers are so loaded that you just never know. And now all they got to do is get through two games with whatever pitching they have. So I'm still very concerned. I mean, incredibly concerned as someone who wants to see the Braves win. I have in- enormous concerns. Now all the Dodgers got to do is win two games, and they won a lot of baseball games this year. So betting against the Dodgers to win two games, I, I can't do that. But it should be it's at it is different than a year ago, despite the fact that the pattern of how the games have gone so far is similar. It's not the exact same because obviously, as I just mentioned, they're not playing the games at a neutral site. They're going to go back home to Atlanta and play the games there. Hopefully that'll change something. Um as far as the football game was concerned last night, I it ended up being close, and so in that way, like, you could call it entertaining. It wasn't a particularly entertaining game. It wasn't, you know, it was weird. Um, credit to Dearness Johnson, who looked phenomenal. I mean, it just looked absolutely incredible. I had a lot of people, I, I, speaking of Stecka, he messaged me, he's like, this is why it is that I don't think the Ravens should trade for a running back. I'm like, bro, Dearness Johnson has been in Cleveland for three years. And when he's played before, he's actually played well. It's just that he's stuck behind literally Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the depth chart. This isn't the Ravens not playing Tyson Williams in favor of Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. This is two of the best backs in modern NFL, in, in the entire modern NFL. Dearness Johnson is a quality back. I, I get it. His, his story of how he got there is fascinating and like going through the AAF and, you know, apparently he was literally sending messages to every AAF team to try to get a tryout. Like, his story of how he got to this point is interesting, but he's a guy that it's pretty clear the talent was there. As I've said a million times, if what you're holding out for is that Tyson Williams can still somehow end up being the answer for the Baltimore Ravens, I can't tell you it's impossible because no one can do that. Believe it or not, I can't see the future. Do I think it's insane to make a decision, like I think it would be nuts to say, well, we shouldn't trade for a running back because maybe Tyson Williams could still end up being the answer for a guy. That would be bat-ass crazy. You trust him so little, he hasn't been active for two of the three uh, last three games. 
There's no world in which I'm making a plan for my football team around the idea that Tyson Williams could be the guy. But I also, again, because I won't just say bombastic things for the sake of saying them, I can't tell you with certainty that Tyson Williams isn't improving during practice and isn't picking up blitzes and blocking schemes and the things they need to be able to trust him to do. I can't tell you that with certainty because I don't know that. And I assure you, they wouldn't tell us either. It's one of those things where it'd be like, well, you could go ask. Like, I could, but I promise you, no matter what the question was that I asked about Tyson Williams, the answer would be something like this. You know, he's really coming along. We haven't lost faith in Tyson. We think he could still be a difference maker as the season goes on. We believe in Tyson. And it wouldn't matter what he had done in practice the day before because they're not going to throw their guy under the bus. Because you know what might happen? couple running backs might get hurt and they might need to have Tyson Williams play next week and if that's the case they're not going to say to me oh you know what it's he's just not cutting it man like I he he can't he can't handle this level they're not going to do that ever 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 and I'm not even mad at them about that I would love for us to be more be able to be more honest but I get it they might need the guy to play that's why whenever a quarterback gets benched what's the first thing you hear from a coach talking about the quarterback that gets benched you hear, he does everything right, right? We love that guy. Now, you know, he might, he might win a big game for us down the road, particularly with college. Oh, my God, college coaches are amazing at this. Remember, what, who was the – I think it was when Spurrier was at South, at South Carolina. He legitimately refused to talk to a certain reporter because of the way the reporter wrote the column about whoever the quarterback that was that got benched. I don't remember if it was Connor Shaw, Stephen Garcia. I don't, one of the quarterbacks got benched. And like a columnist for a, you know, a podunk newspaper in South Carolina was like, well, he wasn't getting the job done or something like that. And Spurrier was so incensed because he's got to protect his guys. And I, again, I get it. What he did, you know, refusing to talk to a reporter was shameful. Um, but yeah, yes, little Jordan. I mean, that's kind of like the Mike Gundy incident. With was, that, was it a backup State. quarterback thing? I don't remember. I don't, if, or a, I don't know a, if it a was Benjamin. a bat. Yes, he, yeah, he was mad that somebody thing. was yeah. a columnist was trashing and that was the uh, come, at, come after me. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm 40. Which is really terrifying for me because I'm only two years away from that now. It's difficult for me to think about that. Um, so if you're ba- making your plans, if you look at Dearness Johnson and think that's Tyson Williams, eh, that's a stretch. It's a stretch. It doesn't mean, again, that Tyson Williams can't be helpful or productive if he continues to practice well and they believe he's getting more up to speed. I can't, I can't guarantee it. But it's a stretch. Dearness Johnson would be a factor if he wasn't playing behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And that's the reality of it. And yes, Tyson Williams is the one back on this roster that appears to have some burst. Like, that's the reason why people still want to be excited about him. But the lack, the utter lack of faith, it is very difficult. For, for me to think that at some point that's going to be the answer, which, again, doesn't mean that I can prove anything factually whatsoever. I cannot do that. That's the reality of it. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Every Friday, we catch up with our Press Box Ravens beat writer. He is our friend, Bo Smolka, and he's with us now here on GCR. Bo, good morning. How are you, my friend? 
I'm fine, thank you. All right, sorry, we got to get the audio fixed here. Uh, please mute Jordan's mic. Thank you very much. All right, Bo, I'm sorry about that. Hey, uh, it's good to chat with you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time, as always. Um, I mean, guess let me start with this. I, I, I was just talking, a lot of people were watching this Browns game last night and seeing Dernis Johnson go off, and I was getting messages like, see, this is why Tyson Williams should be playing, and you know, th- this, this is proof that you can find this back and why the Ravens should, shouldn't even think about trading for a running back. And I'm like, I, I hear what you want to say and why you want to believe that, but it is really tough for me. I can't say it's impossible, but it's tough for me to fathom that a guy that isn't being trusted to be on the field in favor of Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman is a guy that's going to end up proving to be a difference maker for this football team. Yeah, I mean, trust is a good word for it because that seems to be the issue. Um, <clears throat> for whatever reason, and we've asked Greg Roman again yesterday, and he was kind of, he, he tends to be fairly evasive when you ask him questions about this running back group and why play people are playing and others aren't. Um, but it's clear that they haven't fully trusted him, especially after the first week or two. And maybe that was the fumble near the goal line. Maybe that was missed blocking assignments. Maybe it was just running tentatively. For whatever reason, uh, trust has been the issue, clearly. Uh, and so, but now Latavius Murray, her Tyson Williams is probably going to be in the rotation again, but to your point, I don't know. I don't see him turning into a guy who's going to have, you know, 20 carries, 150 yards, like, uh, Johnson did last night, but, uh, you know, trading for running back is interesting because it, it, you know, there are players that are out there that might be of interest and available, but what, um, how does that, how does that factor in? How long does, do they need to get? up to speed and there, there's so many things going on and, and then of course you have what's the picture for that running back next year when all the guys that were supposed to be this year come back so are you is it essentially a seven week rental um and and you can make the case that if there's an impact player to be had there sure this is a team that's five and one and and, and right. the running so you, you don't want to leave yourself short for that reason um but getting back to Tyson Williams, I think I think trust is exactly the word. Um, for whatever reason, there's been a sense that he hasn't been trusted of late, and now tomorrow, uh, Sunday rather, he probably will have to be because, as I said, there he most likely he'll be in the lineup because Latavius Murray looks like he will not be. So, um, what's the ceiling for Tyson Williams? I don't know. I know a lot of people find him to be intriguing and fresh and exciting. Um, a lot of that was based on what he did in August, and clearly what he's done lately in the last three or four weeks hasn't translated that way. I think he's got, I think, eight carries for 20 yards or something, and I think part of it is uh, I think coaches have seen him running tentatively. But also, as I said, I don't know the other reasons, and Greg Roman isn't really telling them, but we do have reason to believe it has to do with missed assignments, missed blocks, in pass protection, maybe the fumble at the goal line that Duvernay fortunately caught for a touchdown. All of those things could come into play regarding Williams. So, you know, we talk about the idea of trading for a running back. I guess we have to have the conversation about left, you know, tackle as well, now that we know that Ronnie Stanley will not be returning. And acknowledging that, like, Patrick McCary has played really well at right tackle, and Alejandro Villanueva, while he's been banged up, has certainly played, I think, far better than anybody could have expected at left tackle, particularly after his disastrous week one at right tackle. But, you know, as we point out, he's been banged up. And now that, like, you know it's there's going to be no Ronnie Stanley returning, you're, you're certainly not particularly deep. I know the Ravens brought in some scrap heap guys this week, and they're doing that in order to address the depth situation. But 
Do you think it's plausible that they can consider going that route, um, trading for a tackle to try to bolster them and not leave themselves so thin should something else happen injury-wise? I mean, to be honest, I think trading for a tackle makes more sense than trading for a running back. Right. Uh, I just think, uh, to your point, it, it comes down to the depth. They are an injury away from being in a real mess at tackle. Now, they have gotten Tyree Phillips back on the field, and he is viewed as a guy who can play guard and tackle. Um, I know they list him as the backup at left tackle, I think, on the depth chart right now. I don't know that he's played any left tackle, but he's a guy that, they, you know, is a potential tackle. Of course, they had thought they had Brandon Knight, the guy they claimed on waivers from the Cowboys, and then he chose not to report and decided he's going to address his mental health and stay away. So that's a depth tackle they thought they had that they don't. But I do think tackle is the more pressing position if you're going to trade. And let's face it, you're, if you're pretty pleased with the way Villanueva and McCary have played, what you're trading for is, is a backup, right? I mean, because you're trading for a guy who can come in if those two guys get hurt, which you would need. And so you're not going to need to give up a lot. You're not going to you're not going to get a starting right tackle right now on the market with the with the budget they have, with the cap space they have. You're you're not trading for a starter. You're trading for a backup and maybe giving up a day three, late day three pick or whatever uh, is the way I look at it. But I think I agree with you. I think tackle is actually the more um, pressing trade target than running back. You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking with my buddy Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network, and he brought up Isaiah Wynn's name. And it just so happens to be that Wynn this year only has like a $2 million cap hit, and it doesn't go up until next year. So, like, it's not impossible. I have no idea if the Patriots would do it. Who knows what's going on there? I don't even know if it's somebody the Ravens would be interested in because – there is this weird thing, like if the Patriots don't trust you, why should we, right? Um, but it, it is a name that was brought up that that financially would actually be able to work even with the Ravens' limited amount of cap space this season. Uh, he's Bo Smolka, press box Ravens beat writer. He's with us here on GCR. Bo, in, in your observation, the Ravens' ability to run the ball for the first time particularly well all season this past week was your sense that it was more about something that they were doing differently or more about simply how porous the Chargers' run defense is? My assessment is it's, a, it's more of an indictment on the Chargers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily here to say, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens' running attack is fixed after that game. Basically, everybody's run wild on the Chargers. Uh, th- that's, to me, I mean, that, that's their issue. But I think more than anything, it was the fact that the Chargers can't stop anybody from running the ball. Uh, I think it was, a, like I said, it was a good boost for the Ravens to be able to run the ball like that. That's the way they want to do it. But I think it's more a case of the Chargers not being any good stopping the run than the Ravens being suddenly found this dynamic running attack with this, this group of running backs that they have. Um, so I think it's more of an indictment on the Chargers than uh, anything the Ravens have fixed. I, and I would tend to agree, Bo. Like I would, I would need to see them do it again a couple times for me to buy into it. Then, then the, just to trust that this is the idea that they've suddenly become a dynamic run team after one game. Um, you know, obviously uh, the Rashad Bateman debut a week ago, we saw a lot of good. Then we saw, you know, the one element of bad there near the end of the game. I, I think that he likely can get it. I don't. I'm I'm guessing he's not suddenly going to be in trouble because of one issue. My gut would tell me they're still going to give him plenty of opportunities moving forward. Oh, I agree with that. And just getting back to the run game, this was, you mentioned this would be a good. And the Bengals have a top ten run. Right, defense, right, so correct. This yes, would be a good test. Yeah, right? if they if they run the ball really well on really well on Sunday, then we probably have a completely different conversation when you and I chat next. 
weeks. Correct. Now, getting to uh, Rashad Bateman, yes, I don't that ball that caromed off his chest and was intercepted. He's clearly he needs to make that catch, um, and they know it. He knows it. But, no, I don't think it's going to affect him. I, they, they even said I ex- he played more than I expected, and it sounds like he played more than John Harbaugh initially expected that first game. Uh, Greg Roman had talked about easing him in, and we 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 work him in a little bit. I expected to see him for fifteen or twenty snaps. I think he played something like forty-five. Of course, Sammy Watkins is hurt, so that opened up some room for another receiver, and it really became Bateman over Prochet, who hardly played on offense. But they liked what they saw out of Bateman in the you know in the four catches. I think all four of them, if I'm not mistaken, went for first downs. They liked the fact that he caught the ball and immediately got upfield. Um, not big gains, 8, 10, 12 yards or whatever, but, you know, it was a catch and it was aggressive north move. Uh, and that's what they like from him. So they know he's a good route runner. They they claim, they claim talk about his hands being so good, such a good crisp route runner. Yep. So I think the ball carrying off him and, and getting intercepted is an anomaly. I mean, obviously, if it happens again, then you have an issue. But I think they I don't think it's going to have any bearing on his rotation. Safe to assume that Nick Boyle we're probably looking at after the bye, that, that it just it times out pretty well with him in his 21-day window, that the after the bye would be a pretty safe bet? I'm not going there yet, to okay. be honest with you. Uh, he's out on the field, and he's, he's working, and he's, he has a brace on his left knee. He still looks pretty tentative to me. Okay. And, I mean – the heat, they've started practicing him, so by rule, he has 21 days he has, to, he has to be added to the 53-man roster or he has to go to injured reserve for the rest of the year. Um, to me, when I watch him just the other day, it looks like he's every bit of 21 days away. Okay. Um, and now, now maybe in 21 days they activate him to the 53-man roster and he's still not quite ready yet and he's an inactive. Maybe maybe just, maybe I'm it, not reading it right. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, Bo, it seems super strange. Like, why would you start your your clock at this point, right? Like, it just, uh, yeah. I, I I did. I wondered that too. But maybe he's maybe he's farther along than he appeared. Again, I only saw him. We only get to see him for 15 minutes uh, or 20 minutes in practice before they get into much. And he's he's um you know just doing individual drills. He has a brace on. So maybe he's farther along than he looked to me, but I'm I, I think they're going to use all twenty one days on him is my guess. Okay. That's interesting. Just an interesting thing for us to monitor, obviously, and we don't know you know, if if they win on Sunday, presumably they're gonna have a nice break for the bye because how could you be anything other than thrilled with this football team sitting at six and one? I, I can't imagine they would want to do a ton of work during the course of the bye at that point and try to especially considering the number of injuries that they've had this year. I, I can't fathom that they're gonna go crazy uh, during uh, their bye week, if if they do indeed win on Sunday, I mean, if they win on Sunday and they are six and one, with now a two game lead in the division, with everything that's happened yeah. to the team, they have to be thrilled. Right. Ironically, if they lose on Sunday, they're suddenly not even in first place in the division anymore. So it's, it's suddenly this Bengals game that I don't think anyone was really circling when the schedule came out is a very very big game. Now, by the bye week, I mean, the players, by the union rules, the players are required to have four days off. Right. So they'll have that, but you're, you're right. They will practice to some extent next week, and I think you're right. Probably win or lose might dictate how they practice next week. Just but tends to be the, tends to be the case, it, right? <laughs> even five and two, 
yeah. at this point yeah. with what they've gone through has to be considered a, a big success. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, if that if, if you had been given that, if you said, hey, by the way, you're going to lose 17 dudes, but you're going to win five of your first seven football games, my, yeah, they would be, they would be doing cartwheels over that scenario. Uh, but if they were especially the seven, especially the seven, you know, especially top all three running backs, running right. Martin oh, Peters, go down the list of not just 17 guys, but seven several impact guys and all your running backs. If you've not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, go do it right now. Bo's got a piece uh, about Anthony Averett, uh, this month's Ravens report, of course, Ravens cornerback. You can read that in the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town, or find it all online, pressboxonline.com. But before I let you go, if we could just talk about Josh Bynes for a minute. Can you possibly explain this? Can you explain how the in-case-of-emergency break glass for the Baltimore Ravens has now been Josh Bynes multiple times <laughs> during the course of his career. And, and really what the difference is. Can you, can you possibly explain why things are so different when Josh Bynes gets back out on the football field? It, it's really quite something, isn't it? So go back to the 2019 year. They were 2-2. Two and two. Yep. And they had gotten beaten badly by the Browns and by the Kansas City Chiefs. And <clears throat> things weren't, just weren't gelling on defense. And they signed Bynes, and Bynes came in. And if, you may or may not remember this, but they played their fifth game. It was at Pittsburgh, and they moved it was, Bynes it was a mess. starting lineup yeah. immediately. Yeah. And they didn't lose again the rest of the year. <laughs> they won their next 12 games. I saw your and note. So what, what, his, yeah. Per, yeah, his personal win streak is now 13 games. 15. He's 15, won 15, 15. The Ravens have won 15 straight games in which he has played. That's regular unreal. Season That's games. unreal, man. <laughs> uh, but to, so he comes, and ironically, he had played for the Bengals in the, one of his in one of his departures here. Uh, but so Bynes comes in, and and he's he's back in the room. He's a veteran guy, and to, to talk to John Harbaugh said on Monday, he just settled things down on defense. Everything got more settled, and I think what it did was it took a lot of pressure off Patrick Queen, who was clearly pressing, and Wink Martindale even said Wink, uh, Patrick Queen was trying to do everyone else's job and just not getting his own job done. Um, so they moved Bynes into the – Bynes was a game day inactive two weeks ago. Now he moves into the starting middle linebacker job, and everyone credits him for getting that defense settled getting people put in the right place, getting the communication down. Uh, and part of it is what a lot of people have told me in the past is that the guy's got great coaching potential. He really sees the game well. And I think what he did was he's, you know, he's not the fastest guy anymore. He's an 11-year veteran, but he, he gets the whole fundamentals down. And he's, he's, he's taken a lot off Patrick Queen's plate, and they're hoping that that'll take some of the pressure off. And you can argue that this is, that Patrick Queen shouldn't need to have pressure taken off him as a first-round draft pick. But that aside, Patrick Queen hasn't developed at this point the way they want him to, clearly. Right. So Bynes comes in, some of the pressure's taken off Patrick Queen, and everything just, John Harbaugh said, everything just seemed more settled with Bynes in there. Um, and, and so it's been quite remarkable. So will it continue? We'll see. But he's a fundamental player. He understands the defense. He knows how to get these other linebackers and, and the and the, all three levels of the defense really set in the right spot. And he's he's obviously been, as you said, a break glass kind of guy. But here he is again. It's amazing. I mean, it's really an amazing story. I mean, I, I it's just it's crazy to me how how this continues to work. All right, uh, Bo. Anything else that's uh, on your radar that we need to know about going into Sunday? 
Well, I mean, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Say Bradley Bozeman, the center who left the game last Sunday, yep. practiced yesterday after missing a day. So that's that's good. Uh, it looks like he'll be able to go. The only, you know, on the injury front, it looks like the only two that didn't practice both Wednesday and Thursday were Sammy Watkins, who we kind of expected would miss this game coming into the bye, and Latavius Murray, who really was not walking well at all on that ankle when he left on Sunday. He hasn't practiced. I suspect he won't practice today. I expect he won't play. And then again, like Watkins, he'll have the bye week to help recover. So I would expect those two won't play, but it looks like everyone else, including Bozeman, will be able to. And then, you know, as uh, getting back to your original question, if Murray doesn't play, then Tyson right. Williams is back in the mix. So we'll, we'll wait to see with the injury report. But on the injury front, it looks fairly good right now. Obviously, you know, the Stanley thing isn't really news because he wasn't going to play anyway. So I suspect the only guys who are going to be ruled out are going to be Watkins and Murray. At B. Smolka on Twitter, that's how you follow him, pressboxonline.com, to see all of his coverage. Bo, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you at some point during the bye week. We're going to do a special show next Friday, but we'll, we'll coordinate with you. We'll talk to you at some point next week, all right? It's... All right, that sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Bo. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka checking in with us here on GCR as he does Every Friday, I'll tell you a little bit more later on in the show about what we're going to do next Friday. We're going to do something with bye week being what it is. We're going to do a, we're going to bring back a show that we used to do in the past. So I'll tell you more about that here in a bit. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. It's amazing. The chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich, the apple cobbler, it's all there. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in for tonight. Pick it up, take it home, or hang out on the patio. Enjoy maybe one of the Oktoberfest brews they've got on tap or an angry orchard. Whatever you like, they've got it in Glory Days Grill, and that Oktoberfest menu is spectacular. Let's preview the other side of Sunday's matchup. Let's talk more about the Bengals and, and how they've really come into their own this season. When we come back in, Rocky Boyman, a former NFL linebacker, now a radio host out in Cincinnati. He's going to join us next, Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressboxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. 
I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. It's quite condescending from KZ. Hey, today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. You've uh, maybe played some of these fantasy football contests in the past, and you've said to yourself, eh, it's not really for me. Okay, that's fine. This isn't just that. Underdog fantasy football is like betting. It's player props. It's parlays. It's everything we should be able to do in this state already but can't yet. Thanks a lot, Swark. It's not like we didn't improve this a year ago. Not that I'm bitter or anything like that. Clearly, I'm handling it quite well. Reminder, please email Swark, S-W-A-R-C, at M-L-I-S.state.md.us and tell them this is poppycock. But in the meantime, until we get there, Play Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the under yeah, download the Underdog app. I talk for a living, believe it or not. When you do use the code PRESSBOX, deposit $10 or more. We'll give you $10 for free for you to play with Underdog Fantasy Football. Ravens-Bengals on Sunday. Let's preview the other side of this matchup. Joining us now, one of our friends, former NFL linebacker, WLW out in Cincinnati. He is our buddy Rocky Boyman, and he's back with us here on GCR. Rocky, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Guys, I always enjoy being on a show that uses the term poppycock before noon. I, I so, want to make I want to make it very clear. I don't want when people email, I don't want you using those other terms because then they're going to associate no. us with those other terms. So just say it's poppycock. It's poppycock. Exactly. 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 How you guys doing? I'm great, Rocky. How could I not be great? The Baltimore Ravens are five and one, despite having 17 seasons. You know, I got guys on IR to this point. <laughs> this is insane. What's happening? And they were so good last week against one of the best teams in the AFC that it was boring to talk about this week. Frankly, yeah. like, what yeah. more could we ask for in Baltimore? On the flip side, I, I got to imagine that folks in Cincinnati are have got to be over the over the moon about how well this has come together. Um, led by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, and I, I know, you know, four and two doesn't guarantee anything as the season goes on. But for what they're building there, I've got to think everybody in Cincinnati's got to be quite happy about how things have started. I, I got to tell you, you know, folks are really fired up because it, it's so different than what we're used to. Yeah, sure. In Cincinnati with just you know coaching issues, you know, ineptitude at, at, at in different certain spots, players, free agency. But right now. <clears throat> I mean, here's what's going on. So, okay, first of all, excuse me. Sorry. So, Joe Burrow is is healthy. That's you know number one. So that's a good right. thing. Number two, 
the, the defense is fifth in the league in, in points given up. That's a good thing. We're getting contributions from uh, folks that we've gotten in free agency, which usually never happens, right? You know, get Trey Hendrickson is having a great year at defensive end. Um, you got, uh, of course, Von Bell has been great. DJ Reader, a guy we got a couple years ago. And then you were getting contributions from draft classes. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Logan Wilson is having one, maybe one of the best seasons of any linebacker in the NFL right now. He has four uh, four interceptions. Um, you know, you got, um, of course, Jamar Chase has been fantastic. So everywhere you look, things are going good. I mean, Zach Taylor seems to be. Although people have a little bit of issue with maybe some of his early game calling, but his halftime adjustments seem to be really good. So, I mean, right now, everyone in the city is real excited. You know, the the thing that jumps out most to me, the Ravens had really struggled, struggled to run the football um, up until last week. Like, they had been a, you know, in fact, based on their standard, they had been a horrendous run team over the first five games of the year. And then last week, they suddenly come to life against a porous Chargers defense. But what they're going up against this week in the Bengals, and this is not what we're necessarily what we've been used to in recent years, this is a really stout run defense the Ravens are going to run into. It, it, it really is. It, the guys are playing well. And it's, um, you know, again, like I said, contributions from all three levels, defensive line, linebacker, you know, secondary, everybody's kind of filling in and, and doing some good things. And, and one thing offensively that I think is, is you're really starting to see for us as the season evolves, is just the variety of formations and things you're getting from the Bengals. And, you know, again, that thing is growing. They're getting guys in different places. Getting That was always the dream. When you got Tyler Boyd, you got T. Higgins, yep. you got Jamar Chase, you got Joe Mixon. Those are matchup problems. And it's just figuring out a way to get those matchups and get the line set and the trades and the motions to be able to get the matchup you want. So uh, that's one thing you're really seeing here. But I guess the biggest gripe right now is early in these games, the, the play calling looks just kind of flat and stale, you know, okay. which is which is different from years past. In years past, it was always, okay, the starting game plan was good, but Marvin Lewis, the number one gripe people had was he could never make the adjustments in-game. This team seems to be able to do that. Now it's just trying to find a way to start faster. This team doesn't really score, doesn't really get things going until the second half, which when you're playing the Ravens, that could be a problem because the game could already be out of reach by the time halftime comes around. Rocky Boyman is with us, former NFL linebacker, now with WLW out in Cincinnati. Rocky, I think the, the question that a lot of people still seem to have, and, and one of the things that was brought up when the Bengals took Jamar Chase's, you know, didn't they see what happened to Joe Burrow a year ago? Didn't they need to get another protector up front to make sure their quarterback stays healthy? Do they have enough on along the offensive line, or is that still something that's in the back of your mind? Like, eh, at, at some point this could really go south and, and, and everything ends if Joe Burrow gets hurt again. Well, it's funny because first two games of the year, the protection wasn't good at all. And, you know, and folks are like, here we go again. We didn't address the number one issue, which is, you know, protecting the investment of Joe Burrow. But then after the Bears game, the Lions really settled in and played well. Okay. I mean, Jackson Carmen, a, a rookie who, I mean, you know, come, comes into camp overweight, out of shape. And this is a guy that was kind of already a reach in the second round. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. He settled down and, and played pretty good. Played really well, you know, especially being for being a young guy. And then Jordan Williams is, is settled in outside there, and uh, so I think the offensive line—it's it, always going to be an issue until it's not. Um, but so far, I think 
folks are pretty pleased with how this this, uh, this offensive line is protecting Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Mixon, of course, has been quite consistent. Uh, fantasy owners largely very happy with Joe Mixon. That there are other backs though, and I'm interested in in and I look Chris Evans. When I've seen him, I'm like, wow, this guy this guy looks like a player, man. Like this guy looks like somebody that can do something. How are they trying to incorporate the other backs in? I know, like when you have somebody like Joe Mixon, why wouldn't you want him on the field as as much as possible? But you know, Pirine and and Evans, they're talented. How have they been mixing up the backs? Well, it's funny because you know Chris Evans was a sixth round pick out of Michigan, and I watched Michigan last year, and I don't really remember him. Right, right. So it's like, what's wrong with Michigan? How come they're getting this guy <laughs> on the field? Because he's he's done really well last week. Uh, not only did he, I mean, he had the, obviously a touchdown catch, which was fantastic, but he did, I mean, in blitz pickup. There was two times in that game last week where he did a great job in blitz pickup, which is usually the hardest thing for a rookie to do. So he's been fantastic. Obviously, Joe Mixon and, and uh, Samaje Piran has been a good back as well, done some good things. So, so yeah, you know, it's just, uh, again, I mean, the, the thing with the Bengals is just trying to, I mean, we've got all these weapons, right? We've got a, you know, a wealth of, 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 of things that are going well here. It's just, how do we get them all on the field, and, and what matchups can we create? What is the roadmap, Rocky, for the Bengals to come into Baltimore and beat the Ravens on Sunday? I, I think it's you know it sounds cliche, but I think you got to run the ball. I think you got to find a way to keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline. You know he's not a guy, and it's just amazing to me. And I know you guys already know this, but usually, in my experience, but some guys get to the league, they are who they are, right? You know, I played against you know Vince Young in his heyday, and. He was a runaround guy, and he was absolutely lethal his rookie year. But then after that, folks kind of figured him out. It's like, look, we're going to force him to beat us, beat us with his arm, and he can't do it, right? Lamar Jackson has figured out how to way to beat teams with his arm. Yep. He can stand in the pocket and beat you. He can run around and beat you. So, you know, the only way to – I mean, the best defense in the world, as I'm often fond of saying, is when the quarterback is standing on the sideline. Right? He can't beat you when he's over there. So I think it's just important that the Bengals really get the run game going and just put together drives, you know, get, get, in first, get in second and medium, second and short, and just keep their offense on the field. I think the more they can do that, I, I think that's always critical in a game, guys, but, I mean, this this game in particular is, is something the Bengals have to do. you got to keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline. Of course, we always like it when the Ravens visit Cincinnati because there's so many Louisville fans that make the trip in order to go see Lamar. That yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's always pleasant because you hear that there's some Ravens cheering going on when the Ravens make that trip out to Cincinnati. Uh, and by the way, real quick, the, the, the creeps in the media that were trying to make something out of what Logan Wilson said about Lamar Jackson when it was abundantly clear that he was praising the dude, like was yeah. going on about how good he was at both things. It's 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 when this industry truly pisses me off. Like, and, and, yeah, and, it makes me sorry to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and trust me, like I I love anything that can create a little controversy and yeah. and get us going during the week. But it, you have half of a brain. You can understand exactly what it was that he was saying, which was over the top in his praise of Lamar Jackson. How can anyone be anything other than over the top in their praise of Lamar Jackson? The guy's unbelievable. Um, um, If I could, Rocky, uh, just to Rocky Boyman with us here in GCR. One, I I think the other part of this about Sunday, this goes so much far beyond Sunday. I think what's exciting about this is looking at the foundation of what's going on in Cincinnati and not to say that the Browns, you know, won't still be a factor and the Steelers won't, you know, figure out who their next quarterback is going to be. But boy, it really does have the look of like this could be really interesting between these teams for the next five to ten years, doesn't it? It does, except for the Bengals got to get on the Ravens level. The Bengals sure, did not score sure. a touchdown against the Ravens last year. You know, sure. so obviously that's you know it's yes, but you're talking about 
you know, two teams with young, exciting quarterbacks whose future looks very bright versus, yeah, the Steelers and the Browns. The Steelers, you know, Big Ben is as great as he's been, is, is not the guy moving forward. And who knows what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. I mean, I wouldn't, if I were the Browns, I wouldn't give him a contract extension right now. So, yeah, you look at you look at the Ravens and the Bengals and you start with a quarterback and you look at the rosters and you say, you know, you go from one to, you know, 53 on that roster and you look at it and you say, boy, these guys, you know, even with, with the Ravens having a bunch of guys hurt, this is this is a roster that, that has some real players on it. All right, and before I let you go, if, if I could cover for just a second, um, very exciting weekend for down in Annapolis here because Navy is hosting a top-five opponent at home for the first time since 1984 as the University of Cincinnati comes to town. Uh, the number's 27-and-a-half. Is there any chance in the world that Navy is covering that number against Cincinnati tomorrow? I, I don't know. I mean, Navy's offense has been bad. You know, but, look, it always creates problems when you're doing the triple off. Right. You know that. It, yep. it's, it's one of those things. I, 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 would ne- I, I, don't, I don't bet on sports, period, but I, w- I would never would versus when an when a option team is involved. <laughs> they can <laughs> grind out clocks. Right. They you know, can, yeah. Yep. There's, there's so much. So much you, you don't know how it could go. On one hand, they could put together you know fourteen play nine minute drives, and the other hand, they could be three and out, and it, it's over. So, um, but the Bearcats are I mean have really have really captured this city. This is a city with a bunch of long suffering sports fans that, uh, in my opinion, deserve uh, to have greatness sports because <laughs> they've hung in there so long, and, and the Bearcats are, are really doing a good job. And that that defense, especially Glenn, is 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 really really fantastic. I called their game a couple of weeks ago against Temple, and I mean they were they were lights out, yeah. lights out, and uh, the offense is, is doing a really good job too. So yeah, we'll see see what happens. The Bearcats got to keep winning. They got to keep winning with authority. You know they they got to put it on teams, and they've been doing that. They got to keep doing that, and they also need a lot of help. They need Oklahoma to lose somewhere along the way. You know, probably. I mean, it'd be even better if you know Alabama lost again, which isn't likely. So some things need to happen. They need to keep winning. They need to keep uh, busting these teams. And uh, if they do, it could possibly happen at the end of the year. They'd be in the playoffs. No, I know Notre Dame needs to keep winning. Obviously, too. That would yeah, be very yeah, helpful for them. Yeah, that's another big part. Yep. You're absolutely right. Everyone can. You can't look at that Notre Dame game and talk about how great it was if Notre Dame ends the season with three or four losses. Exactly right. Exactly right. Rocky Boyman, man, it's always great to chat with you, my friend. At Rocky Boyman 50 correct, on Twitter is yep. how people are following you, you. Anything else got I can it. get a plug-in for? No, you're good. Well, I'm uh, our ESPN crew. We're on, if you guys are up late, uh, we're, we're on the call for the uh, Washington at Arizona game. Okay. Which, um, you know, Washington has is, is stumbled a little bit, but they're actually still in contention for the Pac-12 tonight. So, yeah, we're on Tucson right now and uh, getting ready to do that thing tonight and uh, check it out. Love it, man. Rocky, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Anytime, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, pal. Rocky Boyman, uh, great dude, of course, former NFL linebacker and now with WOW out in Cincinnati. He's been a regular with us over the years. Whenever the Ravens play the Bengals, we love chatting with him and appreciate him hopping on with us, spending a couple of minutes to wrap up our number one. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium, and I would like to think that uh, any tickets that even might be available, y'all would be wanting to scoop up right now because, my God, what could you possibly be waiting for? What's the weather going to be like on Sunday, by the way? What's the, do we know? It's supposed to be rolling nice. <sighs> Sunny, what are you probably doing? right around 70. What are you, this is perfection. 
Like, this is, you got to be there on Sunday, man. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. And I had somebody, I, I, I had somebody ask me, they said, it, uh, are, you, are you planning on letting Paul talk more? And I said, I, Paul, Paul, you know, Paul is getting used to this. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, there th- is an awful lot that's going on that he's never done before. I'm I'm juggling without ever having been trained how to juggle. Correct. So once I get more comfortable, I'm sure I'll talk. Yes, more. I want to make this abundantly clear. I love Paul. Part of the reason why we wanted Paul to be the, the the guy that replaced Kyle is because I think he and I can have great banter back and forth. And we've had a couple segments this week where we've had some really good banter back and forth. I, this is not a you know I I want you to stand over there and be quiet situation. It's just please bear with us. Kyle had been here for seven years. <laughs> seven years. We might try to figure out a way to have Kyle call in because uh, Kyle in the Kitchen was quite popular, and he sent out a picture last night of something that he made, and there was quite a demand for maybe there to be a, a phone in Kyle in the Kitchen. Um, he'd been here for seven years. Like, Paul's trying to pick this all up in seven days. <laughs> like, we, we've had conversations about this. Glenn wants me to talk. I just need to get comfortable first, but I'll talk more. I, I pr- I pr- I pr- that's part of the reason why he's here. I want to make that abundantly clear. We did not hire Paul for him to just sit, but we just give him time. Give him time. It'll come. Uh, if we were talking more about Law & Order, he'd probably be chatting more. He'd probably be a bit more chatty about <laughs> Gotta it. Gotta love Mariska Hargitay. Have to. Uh, sure, if you say so. <laughs> and in fact, I think Paul might still be stung from the Temple of the Dog faux pas from a couple days ago. That might still have it's hurt him gonna, a little die. bit. Oh, you'll remember that. Never going to die. Pa- uh, Kyle one time mentioned that he was a Hanson fan as a kid, and I never, never allowed him to li- live it down until his final day here with us. Till his demise. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, driving off a cliff. It's just the way that it goes. Um, all right. Again, for those of you that are listening, if you want to join us at the Center Club on Tuesday night, just tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K Radio. Your food, your drink is on us, and you get to hang out, meet Tyus Bowser and a special guest. You just got to tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio and say Center Club, and we'll register to, you to win. And, again, if you're listening to the show later on in the day, and I get it, so many of you do, I, I understand that. I watched. I never watch a TV show when it actually airs live. I get it. I understand. Like this is the way the world works now. Everything's on demand. We will wait until tomorrow to pick a winner. So please, you guys, even if it's at two thirty a.m. when you're listening, you can tweet us as well. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Kirk Morrison. We're going to get the young Utes. I promise that. Uh, I don't know what Jordan has in store for us. And still to come this hour, Senator's suggestions with uh, Senator Reedy. We'll preview college football. And Santi Aldama, uh, former Loyola star, now Memphis Grizzlies rookie, is going to check in with us as well. All on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Fries as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser show. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR as we move into our number two of the program. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, really quickly, because I alluded to it earlier, next Friday, because it's bye week, it, it times out perfectly, um, we're going to bring back, it was a show that we used to do annually, and Patrick Stevens is going to join us in the studio to co-host it. We are going to do our college basketball preview show next Friday. And we already know for sure that Pat Scary from Towson, Tavares Hardy from Loyola, and um, Coach Brodus from Morgan State, they're all going to be coming in. We are nailing down um, uh, Jim Ferry, the new coach at UMBC, and Juan Dixon at Coppin State. We're still trying to confirm those. Um, but those guys, well, Jim's never been in before because he's a new coach, but UMBC's always brought uh, Ryan Odom over and... Uh, Juan's been over in the past before too so we're nailing all of it down right now officially but we're going to do it again next Friday with the Ravens being on by we're going to do a special college basketball preview show next Friday morning uh, with Patrick Stevens so looking forward to bringing that back after we had to take a year off because nobody was able to come by the studio last year given what was going on in the world um, we're going to do it from our conference room and sort of spread things out a little bit just to make sure we certainly like we say with the Tyus Bowser show we do not want to be the ones that cause an outbreak. We do not want to be that like the next week there's a problem at, at Towson and they blame us. You know what I mean? Like we do not want to have that happen. So we're going to go into the conference room and set things up in there and uh, do the show from there next Friday. So looking forward to that. Um, and, and that'll be an exciting day to uh, get you caught up on what's going on locally in college hoops. 
But before that, we had the opportunity to catch up a little bit earlier on with uh, Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker. Uh, he's calling a game um, that involves the Maryland tomorrow. Well, let's talk with him about uh, that and also a little bit about the Ravens right here on GCR. Coming up tomorrow, Maryland, Minnesota joining us now. Uh, it's good to have this guy back on the show, former NFL linebacker. He'll be on the call for ESPN2. You, of course, hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio as well. He's Mr. Kirk Morrison, and he's back with us on GCR. Kirk, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. I know. It's been a while, fellas. It's been a while. We're glad to be back on. How are we doing? Everything is good. Pay me this picture. and Look, look it's sure. been a mess for Maryland, obviously, the last couple weeks after a great start to the season. They played two really good teams in Iowa and Ohio State. How concerned are you about those results draining this team and sort of wiping away all the good that they had done versus maybe a bye week being the respite that they needed to get back and still be competitive the rest of the way in the Big Ten? Well, I just look, I think to kind of quote Coach, uh, Coach Loxley, you think about it, man, before the season started, if you would have told him, hey, you'll be 4-2 and two, six weeks into the season, right. um, I think a lot of people would have took that. Um, obviously, there was going to be some room for growth coming off of a, a season in which you had, you know, obviously COVID issues. But I always thought that for the most part, that this would be good for um, for this football team to be able to go out there and compete on a weekend and week out basis. They were able to do that and won some big games early on, you know. But I think when you look at the last two games, obviously they haven't played to their standard. But also, they went up against two top ten teams, man, Ohio State, and you think about. You know where Iowa was at before they lost to Purdue. Like I think that overall, you got to be excited where this program is going. They just know that hey, we're not there yet, but man, we have played hard, we played physical, we played tough, and I think that's one of the bigger things that I'm taking away from the first six weeks of the season, and why you're kind of pretty excited because you see things going in the right direction, not going the wrong way. So what does it take? What is it? You know, it, 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 does this all fall on Mike Loxley? Is it on? Uh, is it on Talia to say I got to stay in, in within myself and not try to force things? Obviously, he's got a couple of receivers who are out now, and Demas, and uh, this week Jay Sean Jones now out for the season. What does it take for a team to rally back and get things back on the right track? Whew. I mean, it's honestly it sounds cliche, but just be yourself. Don't try to be someone that you're not. And I think that's what sometimes you may get with Tali is that he's trying to put a little bit too much on his shoulders, right? Because you mentioned the guys who are going to be down. You mentioned the guys who won't be playing this week. And so that's going to be on the shoulders of a quarterback trying to do more for his offense. But at the same time, just take a deep breath. Play the kind of football that you can play. You don't want to have sort of that, uh, was it that third quarter or that second quarter we saw at Iowa where he just <laughs> things were – Things were not going his way, and he was throwing the ball all over the place. And I think he realizes that, look, we got to go out there and execute. It starts with me. But it sounds cliche, but, man, take a deep breath, and let's just play our brand of football, which is what they're learning this year. What we're seeing is that it's a much better brand this year than what they did a year ago. They, I feel like they they understand how they win games. And then defensively, same thing. You worry, you know, put some help on your defense as well. They can go out and make some plays and – you know, when you get a couple guys back in the secondary, hey, this is who we are, fellas. Everything is right there in front of us, too. We got some big games left. Trust me, we're going to go in a gauntlet, right? We yep. still got Michigan on their schedule. Yep. Got, don't worry about them. Worry about us. I mean, honestly, that's the big thing. Don't worry about them. Worry about us because that's what happens. This uh, is what I see every week in college football. Teams lose games before they even start because they're so worried about the ranking or who's going on, the attention that you're getting. 
just focus on us, and I think this Maryland team will be will be fine. He is Kirk Morrison. He's going to be on the call tomorrow for ESPN two, Maryland, Minnesota at three thirty. Kirk, uh, the other, how do you figure Minnesota? Right, like how do you figure a team that looked really good at Ohio State or against Ohio State and pounded mm-hmm. Colorado, uh, but also lost to Bowling Green and didn't look so good against Miami, Ohio? Like what? What do you make of the totality of what you've seen from Minnesota? Well, we already know. Never uh, look at week one and expect that's what a team is going to be, right? Right. Week one, week one lies to you every single year, and people fall for that trap. They're, oh, my God, this team is back. And I'm like, no, they won a week one matchup where a lot of people don't know your personnel, don't know the guy who's gained 20 pounds this offseason, who's playing a lot better football. It's all those things that go into it. But I think overall with you know, Minnesota, I think they look, they, they've had some issues at running back this year. You know, three running backs that are now gone from this team. So, this isn't the same offense. And what I always keep presenting to people, and I've seen this throughout a couple broadcasts that I've had earlier this year, when you lose NFL talent, especially first-round NFL talent, that is hard to pick up. Unless you're like Alabama, the Georgia, you know, even we're seeing Clemson, who's lost first-round talent. It is tough to go out and keep bringing that same type of player to your program week in and week out. And so I think that's what – You've seen with Minnesota. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but you lose Rashad Bateman to the first, you know, in the first round to to Baltimore, who made his debut yep. last week to the Ravens. I mean, is, is it is it tough not to replace that kind of production? And that's what I see. Kirk, I know we only have you for a few minutes, but I want to talk a little Ravens with you if I could, because yeah, sure, man, go ahead, dude. I, I know, and I know you were talking about it on your show with the uh, SiriusXM. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm trying to figure out just how good the Ravens are. They they just pounded the Chargers. They're five and one despite <laughs> 17 injuries. Uh, this season. It's so staggering. Um, they have the best record in the AFC. Are they, at this point, the definitive best team in the AFC? Ooh, that's a tough one, man. Um, but I think right now, yeah, they're the best team. I mean, honestly, they're a fluky fourth quarter overtime yep. game away from being 6-0. and And if you told me that they will be out their left tackle for the season, They'll be without their three backs who started training camp. And yet this team right now currently is 5-1 and one and playing some of their best football. And we know, there's a noticeable leap or, I would say, stride made by the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP two years ago. It's hard not to say that they're not the best team in the NFL. And I love this BMF group. I call them BMF, right? Not the show that's on Star that everybody's watching, by the way. BMF is Bell, Murray, and Freeman. I oh, love okay. this group of backs, man. Really? I mean, these, these guys are experienced. We're talking about Super Bowl experience, too. Now, you throw in with that with DeMonte Freeman, right? Le'Veon Bell last year with the Chiefs. I mean, you're, you're, you've got guys who've been in the big game, who understand how to win games in the NFL, and it gives Lamar the peace of mind that I just got to disperse the football. I mean, all three of those backs had touchdowns last week. But don't get it twisted. The reason why the Ravens won this football game is because Wink, Don Martindale, Don Martindale, trust me, I've been around Wink my entire life. Well, I feel like my entire life. Yeah. He takes it personal in going against quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, right? Like the guys who are at the top. He literally will not sleep at home because he wants to get a game plan and shut those guys down. That's what I always loved about Wink. So trust me. He got a text from me Sunday night because not a lot of people understand how he wants to kind of humble these quarterbacks like a Justin Herbert because 
that was an outstanding defensive performance for what many people had inserted Herbert into you know, sort of this MVP conversation. Can, can you speak more to, Kirk, because you, you per, look, they, the Ravens defensively the week before that against the Colts were a mess, right? Like they were, right. you know, they were extremely fortunate. The Colts didn't see the ball in overtime and, you know, missed a kick and, and had a kick blocked. Obviously, Clay's Campbell made a great play. Um, or they would have lost that game to the Colts, obviously. Right. So, so the only real change that we saw was Josh Bynes, a veteran who's been around for a long time. It's his third stint with the Ravens. Gets inserted back in, and he looks like a monster. And a lot's made about him having making the play calls and having a veteran do that. Can you speak to the importance of having a veteran inside linebacker who can kind of be that maybe quarterback of a defense on the field, even if he's not? This isn't Ray Lewis that we're talking about. This is Josh right. Bynes that we're talking well, about. But the importance of that. He knows the defense, and he's able to get guys lined up. And that's what I saw in the game against the Chargers. Everybody was lined up. The blitzes came from both sides. Everybody was in the right spot. Whereas I look at it, hey, we got to give Frank Reich a ton of credit. I mean, he dialed up the perfect plays for the Colts that day. I mean, come on, the Jonathan Taylor, you know, the five-yard screen pass, and he takes it, what, 80 yards, 70, 80 yards. That's just poor tackling. That's just, you know, right play called. And yeah. you saw as the game went on what happened. It started to slow down for him, and guys were in the right spot, and they made plays in crunch time when needed, right? You know, you get to overtime and all that stuff, and, you know, late in the fourth quarter, the defense buckled down. But from beginning to end, you saw that everyone was on the same page last week. And remember, let's not forget as well, they had some banged-up secondary players against the Colts. You gave those guys a week to get better, to get understand, and you can also scale back some of the defense and have play, make plays that guys know. And that's what you saw. The blitzes, everything was perfect. That's why I thought this team was more successful this week, even you know, with the guys calling the plays out and everything more successful this week we are rooting for every game to be just as boring <laughs> for the baltimore ravens moving forward kirk obviously the game tomorrow on espn2 what else can we plug yeah. for you man oh man that's it man you know I me mean? i'm always watching games every single week so got a big week i'm gonna plug my plug my podcast yep. total coverage podcast on the sirius xm podcast network you can catch me every Tuesday on the NFL channel on Sirius XM with Bruce Murray uh, on the morning on the Blitz. So, man, you can just follow me. That's what I got going on this week. And I, every Wednesday, too, I do an in-depth look at the Los Angeles Rams this year for Sirius XM. I, I hear so I they're good. To that week. I, hear they're, yeah. I hear they're okay. And uh, we'll yeah, see them. Yeah, nice, nice little reunion this week. Yeah, with Jared right? Goff, you know, former Rams quarterback coming to SoFi. And then Matthew Stafford, the former Lions quarterback, going against his former team. So I got a fun Sunday uh, planned for me this weekend, but it all starts tomorrow with uh, Minnesota and, and Maryland, man. So I'm looking forward to this 4-2 matchup of Big Ten opponents. We'll reach back out when the Rams come to Baltimore later on in the year, and hopefully we'll see you out in L.A. when all of this is said and done, when the season is over. Uh-huh. At, I see what you're saying. I at, know what you did there. At Kirk Morrison <laughs> on Twitter. Give him a follow. See him tomorrow at ESPN2. Kirk, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, always a pleasure, fellas. Appreciate it. Morrison checking in with us here on GCR. Always great to catch up with him. And very interesting what he said about uh, Wink Martindale. Of course, he knows quite well taking matchups against young, highly touted quarterbacks quite personally. Worked out very well against the Chargers, and Justin Herbert couldn't help but notice there's another of those on the schedule this coming Sunday. So we'll see what he has in his bag of tricks uh, for uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals this week. Well, let's do it. Ha 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 
It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes brought to you this week by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday. It'll be uh, myself at halftime, and I'll be joined by the NFL chicks, Sarita Hubbard, postgame. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the postgame show. We'll see you this Sunday for Project Game Day, brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football, Window Nation, and Glory Days Grill. Lil Jordan, what you got for us, man? Got another... Uh TikTok challenge oh for God. you. Oh, the, the people ripping uh, sinks out of uh, bathrooms again. Yeah, well, is the, this this one is about a uh, lemon coffee. What? Yes. So why? So I know this much. It cannot be as bad as that vanilla latte coconut water that I had the other morning, which again tasted like an orangutan's ass. I well, I think as I as I remember. Yeah. By the way, uh, John Proctor says that that should be your punishment if you don't get the tidbit trivia right. That I have to do. You have to drink another one of those. Oh, God. Oh. I do not know why that product exists. It is the single worst product I've ever consumed in my entire life. They make other wonderful products, though. I want that to be clear. Yes. So TikTokers are putting lemon juice in their morning coffee in hopes that it will contribute to weight loss. What? Yes. So it was trending about how. How does that work? It. Some some TikTok doctor was saying that lemon water and lemon is, is like. It, when a, you say TikTok doctor, is this an actual doctor on so, TikTok or someone who's yes. pro- okay? Like, so yeah. lemon is a natural diuretic, so that does contribute to the loss of um, guttural fat, if you will. Okay, but, like, but it's, but it's it, not enough. That well, I was going to say, yeah. is it any different in coffee than it would be if you put it in anything else? Well, yeah. So so he so a different doctor. Uh, they pretty much were saying that uh, the the idea that combining coffee and lemon juice creates a fat-burning elixir is false, uh, obviously. Sounds about and, right. And so that actually by consuming too much lemon juice, you're damaging your tooth enamel and your esophageal lining with frequent consumption, uh, and you could also worsen acid reflux. So don't put lemon in your coffee. I mean, that seems like it shouldn't need to be said, but, you know, I, this is where we are as a society, that we have to have these conversations anyway. I, here's my suggestion. Don't drink coffee. Don't. That's just for me. I don't. I don't drink. I've never had uh, – well, that's not true. When I was, like, 12 years old, like, all the cool kids were, like, trying to drink coffee. Like, everybody – when you needed somewhere to hang out – you're a Hartford County kid. Remember when they first opened the um, the, the S-Bucks in the Barnes and, uh, Barnes and, oh, and Nobility? Yeah. I, can't, I can't. It's not I, even there anymore. Oh, I don't. I mean, I would. Starbucks isn't there okay. Anymore. All right, um, that was like there was a cheap movie theater that mm-hmm. was quite nearby in that it's little strip. Turner and Hooch there. Ooh, how about that's going way back. Yeah, that's going way back. I saw a bunch of movies there, but we would go to the cheap movie theater, and then afterwards, while we we're waiting for our parents to pick us up, we would hang out at um, the Barnes and Noble and 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 check out the uh, photography books because they had boobs. And uh, we would all like go get saw, like a frappuccino from from there, and like we were trying to pretend to be cool, and so that's what we were doing. I hated it; it tasted like crap. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Like, what is the point of all of it? So, at whatever age, I realized I didn't need to pretend to be cool anymore because obviously I was cool. Um, I decided I was never, and I to this day I've never had another like. I, it's terrible. I like, like it. Why? What is there to like? I don't know. I, I like caffeine. There's but, other ways to get caffeine. Yeah. 
I'm convinced that people don't actually like the taste of coffee. Yeah, they just convince they, them. They, they like what it does for them, so they convince themselves that it's not that bad, yes. and they just start to believe it. There are other ways to go about uh, doing that. There are other ways to make that happen. All right, Jordan, what's number two? We got we to move yeah. along. Number two is, so a Washington TV channel aired an adult film I clip I heard, I heard during a weather report. Oh, I wanted to pull the audio from this, too. Hang on. Go ahead. And so uh, the viewers were apparently shocked, obviously, because it was a 13-second pornographic clip featuring a naked woman's backside. And the anchor oh, did not... not nearly as bad as it could have yeah. been. And the anchor did not react. But the uh, Spokane-based news channel uh, obviously got a lot of calls in. And it's now being investigated by the Spokane Police Department Special Victims Unit. I mean, I don't, I don't really know about that part. I mean, I guess they need to make sure that it wasn't like revenge porn or something yeah. like that. That like somebody at the wasn't trying to, like, put their ex girlfriend's naked video up. I, I mean, I guess they need to do that. But like, I'm pretty sure that what they're going to find out was it was a pure, a horrendous pure accident, like a truly terrible pure accident. By the way, this one time happened at my parents' church. This is not a joke. <laughs> they were doing. It wasn't like a Sunday morning. They were doing something, and. Instead, I'm not kidding. They on the big screen in the church, they put up porn. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was really young at the time, and I wasn't like there. But I remember they were mortified, like talking about it afterwards. Like it had a, it was a major uh, scandal at the church when this occurred. Like this was, this was truly problematic. And this is before the days of the internet, when like you know, like this, like somebody had to try, yeah. to pull this off. Like it had to be a thing that like had to be attempted. Um. Yeah, man. I. I. This. I like saw about. It, I read about it. This. This has to be an accident. Like it has to be. But at the same time, I do get it. Like they've got to make sure that there was not nothing. Nobody was attempting purposefully to to do something like that. I guess I do understand why the police department is involved. Yeah. And quickly, number three before we get to the senator. Yep. Number three is a man in Egypt complained of pains in his uh abdominal area. And when doctors took an x-ray, they found he had ate a phone. What? When they asked him how a phone ended up in his stomach, he didn't give them an answer. You would know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. One there's would, one no way. This is, this is, oh, God, was it, was it Ryan Dunn that did the car toy bit for the Jackass movie? Mm -hmm. This is a little bit like Ryan Dunn pretending like he didn't know how uh, the toy car got inside him when they took the x-ray remember he's like i was at a party i don't there guys are hooking up with guys girls you know he was like going all that but wasn't the toy car in a condom uh it was the toy car was in a condom and he had inserted it rectally remember mm -hmm. he had gone if you remember the jackass movie he had gone that route in order he didn't swallow the toy car because he decided the other way this is, of all the things that they did, this was truly the most disturbing of all of them. And and the one that made it the most disturbing was when in this, like when they were building up to the scene, Steve-O's in the van, and Steve-O said, I wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't do it. I told my dad that we were thinking about it, and my dad looked at me and, and said, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and like, you've seen the things that man did, and he wouldn't do this. 
And that made it all the worse. Like, it just made it so... Uh, I'm still looking forward to the next Jack. I will definitely still watch the next Jack. What a movie. precursor for the senator. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> senator Reedy's listening to us talk. Oh, God. Jesus. Um, so is there any... Did they get the, the phone oh, out? Like, yeah, is they, he okay? They got the uh, phone out via surgery. And after surgery, the man was informed about the dangers of swallowing the phone. Well, yeah! <laughs> posed a huge threat to his life. Yes! As the battery contains harmful chemicals oh, that... I mean, that, be, sure. That can be uh, broken down. Well, can't be broken down. What about the part where, like, it, I just don't get. How I it don't goes know. Down. Physically, right. Yeah, correct. I, gotta, like, I bet that guy was great at chugging beer. <laughs> I get that. I bet that guy was a hell of a beer chugger when he was in college. Wow, that is terrifying. All right. Uh, sh- I want you to start doing this with young Utes. I want you to share your stories, links to your stories out on Twitter. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that people can right go now. check them out yeah. yourselves. All right. Very good. That's young Utes with our guy, Lil Jordan. Let's. Uh, it is a Friday. Let's try to to cleanse our palate a little bit after those stories. As uh, every Friday we preview the college football weekend, our friend Senator Justin Reedy joins us for Senators' suggestions to let us know what we should be paying attention to. Uh, we good? He's uh, he's there. Everything good? Uh, I'm I'm attempting right now. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Senator, can you at least hear me? Is he are you there? Mm-hmm. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign at all. Let me see what the uh, is he no, he hasn't been admitted. You gotta remember to admit oh, into yeah, the room. Yeah. Yep, that's the way it's gotta work. All good. These things happen. Let's see if now we might try again. There he is. There's the senator. Good morning, Senator. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Sorry, I was I, a couple minutes late. <laughs> it's all it's it's quite all right. We didn't want to be involved in the conversation we were just having anyway, I promise you. <laughs> okay, I sure. Promise you that. <laughs> Hey, uh, real quick, before we get to the college football weekend, um, I do want to take a minute just because, you know, this is kind of your world. I know it's not, I know you don't have anything to do with the actual, like, way that it's going about. What the hell is going on, and and why are there now rumors about there being a a lengthy delay in terms of sports betting? This this is utterly and completely insane. I don't exactly, I need to get more information myself, because, you know, we... (laughs) We should be able to uh, this, uh, and I, you know, I go back and forth in my own views on whether we should have it or not. But we, we, the voters passed it, so um, it's there. So we need to get it done. I, I'm not clear right now on what on what exactly is the holdup. So I, I am to understand it is something to do with this group Swark. That's all I'm to, and I don't know anything. Unfortunately, that's the first time I've ever been introduced. I thought that was like a Division three sports conference. If I'm being honest with you, Senator, right? I knew nothing about right. Swark until now. Um, but yeah, this was passed with seventy percent. I, I joked about this yesterday. How many items ever are passed with seventy percent approval? <laughs> like we can't get seventy percent of people to agree that they love puppies. <laughs> well, and very, very rarely, and I think obviously, even once we passed it, it was it was clear that there would be things that would have to be worked out. Right. So I don't know. Sometimes people say there's going to be a delay, but this is there, a year. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, we we were going to have to pass legislation in the coming session to to actually give more specifics. Right. right. But yeah, I I don't quite get it either, and I I will be the first one to admit I haven't been immersed in the detailed policy side of it. It goes through a different committee. Um, in the Senate, but I am, um, you know, obviously now aware of it and trying to figure out what, because look, if we're going to have it, let's have it, right? Correct. Like, so, Correct. Um, th- yeah, no, I, I think people are, otherwise, you know, we keep, lo- we keep losing revenue to other states. Nope. So, that, that it's a huge problem. A, a billion dollars in New Jersey last month. A billion right. now, 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 dollars. Now, I will say from a state perspective, 
the states don't end up making that much off that, but it's still money. And, you know, it still is money that's supposed to go to help, you know, fund schools. So uh, that that's what ought to happen. So, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully we're going to get more details on this in the coming few weeks as we get ready for our session in, at the start of the, in January. All right. All right. Well, we're going to hold you to it, man. I promise you that. We're going to hold you to it. Moving. I know, I know you, you don't have... This is not... I want to make this very clear. This is beyond the senator's control. I want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. anybody in our, on our end. Right. Holding, not, to, not to try to pass the buck. Yes. I don't think it's anybody legislatively holding it up. It's just more of a question of working out. I'm still learning about what exactly the problem is uh, and we will we will we will when you know more please share with us i'll talk and, with you yes. and, and we'll continue yes. to chat about what we can do moving forward all right uh some weeks when you and i chat i'm like well this is easy we know what the biggest games are of the week this yeah. week is a tricky week because there's literally no matchups between ranked teams this week so i have no idea frankly where you're going i will uh, i'll be learning something this week let's start with number one what's your first suggestion for the college football weekend well, let me say this. Number one, um, any sports writer can have fun when there's four or five ranked matchups no in a bunch of good games. It takes the truly elite, it, the truly elite <laughs> amateur sports writers to make a week like this seem interesting. But this, college football has weeks like this where there don't seem to be a lot of compelling matchups, at least in the sense of ranked teams and, and really good teams. There's some good rivalries this weekend. Um, there's actually some really classic rivalries, but it does seem like a mismatch. Yeah, we'll like no, Notre Dame-USC is this weekend, right? Yep. Like, yeah, that's a good rivalry. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Uh, we'll get into it. But but you're right. It, it's it's challenging. However, as we always say, the weeks that don't seem like much, usually there's at least one exciting thing that happens that you totally didn't expect, which is why college football is so wonderful um, and, and magical. But I, I digress. So I, my number one matchup this week, I've got um, – and it's probably two teams that should be ranked. Number eight, that's right, number eight, Oklahoma State. Can't believe they're number eight, but they are still undefeated. They had an win. impressive comeback over Texas last week. Um, Oklahoma State, for years and years, was the team that's like, man, if they could just get a little bit of defense, they would win like 10 or 11 games. Their offense was great. This year, their defense has been really good, and their offense has not been good, which is an unusual thing. But the defense has been carrying them. They're playing at Iowa State. Iowa State's unranked. They've had a couple losses on the year, but they they had a lot of talent. They were actually expected to be maybe a top 10 team. Hasn't quite worked out that way, but they've got a lot of talent. It's a game that I think very well Oklahoma State could lose. I think it'll be a close, tough matchup. These two teams tend to play a lot of classic close games historically for whatever reason. So I, that's my number one matchup because I think it is kind of a top okay. five matchup. Okay. Yep. Look, Oklahoma State looked good against Texas, obviously. Like, I mean, I yes, they know, did. You got to buy. Did. You got to buy into them. Um, I hear you. Well, right now, right now they seem to be the second. They seem like they seem like they're the second best team in the Big Twelve, but they they still have tough games like this one to go. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And, and, I, and obviously, Oklahoma yeah. looks better now that they have a quarterback. It's, uh, it's that is it's, yeah. It's Oklahoma is, is still the class of the Big yes. Twelve, but Oklahoma State has now beaten Baylor, who's real good, and they've beaten Texas on the road, and you know they've had some good wins. So you can't say they're not that. You can't say they've only played like Kansas. I mean, they've played some good teams. So. So we'll see. This is a tough matchup, though. It's it's a tough place to play, even though Iowa State historically is not like a great team. Um, it's a tough place to play, and Iowa State has a lot of talent. So we'll see. We'll how, see how but, that. But I, and I apologize for putting you on the spot. I don't know how it works out with the Big Twelve championship game anymore because they don't have divisions, right? So no, that's right. So it could so very the, well be that we get Bedlam, and then the following week a rematch. It's possible, which which that's the downside of yeah. the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve has a round robin thing where they all play each other, which I think is great for the conference. Um, 
but what happens is sometimes one versus your top two teams go to the championship game. But if you played each other the week before, you can end up with sort of like the NFL where you'll have a divisional team play each other in week 16 and then they play in the wild card. Again. Yeah. Something like that. You right, know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next number two, number two, uh, or number 10, Oregon. And I actually think Oregon probably should be rated a little higher, but number 10, Oregon, just because of resume, they beat Ohio going, state like on the road. They, I mean, that's pretty impressive. They did. They yeah. did. They've, They've struggled against some weaker Pac-12 teams. They've played down to their competition. But with all that said, they still they are the only Pac-12 team left with a shot at the playoff. Yep. And um, they need to win games like UC- at UCLA, who has improved this year. Again, a team that's not in the top 25, but if they win this week, they would be. Um, they seem to kind of be coming around a little bit with under Chip Kelly. It's been a little up and down, but better than their previous few seasons. And they're at UCLA. And this is the college game day game. That's where the ESPN college game day people will be, which gives you an idea. And, of and, it, of and it gives you a 6 a.m. crowd on the West Coast yeah. that's drunk yeah. as hell. Yeah. That's just been up it, drinking all night for college game day. Yes. No, noted college football um, mecca, Los Angeles, right? right. But, uh, but um, look, I think, number one, this is, this is a top-tier uniform matchup. Beautiful ah, uniform. Ah, that's a great point. That is a you great point. Your, you got your yellow and green and white, and then yeah. you got your your powder blue and gold. Um, it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal uh, uniform matchup. So I'll say that. Um, I think the Pac twelve Pac twelve powers that be have to be rooting hard for the Oregon Ducks to have them stay in contention. Oh, I think there's um, no doubt. Well, the other part of the story is I think are we are we coming around to the idea that it's possible Kayvon Thibodeau is the, truly the best player in all of college football. He, if he's not if he's not at the top of the of the class, it doesn't take long to call roll as yeah. the old. Uh, you know, as the as the old uh, Bum Phillips quote about Earl Campbell, uh, he's very, very good. He's probably a top five to top seven NFL draft pick. He he very much defies gravity, and and he's 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 excellent. So certainly, he's worth watching to see how he kind of and to see what UCLA does offensively with a lot of their zone read and and run game to figure out how to neutralize him. Do they run away from him? Do they run at him? Do they option off of him? Uh, that's that's sort of a game within a game for um you know for football ex and o nerds uh like myself is kind of seeing how that goes sure. so yep. yeah yeah and your big one this week so we got I, I did a tie which you know because they both games I think are equal equally um equally interesting as they relate to the SEC one of the rivalry games this week that's a great college football rivalry traditionally though not as competitive of late Tennessee at, at number four Alabama. Okay. If Tennessee had beaten Ole Miss last week, which they lost in somewhat Shoo! controversial fashion. What, um, a, what a scene that was. It, it was, although actually the call that they started throwing stuff about on replay looked to me like to be the correct call. Yeah. That the guy was sort of the first down. But there were a lot of the Tennessee fans are um, perpetually aggrieved and they've been down for a while. Yep. And they, they have a there's a segment of the fan base that thinks the, everybody's out to get them, which every fan base has that. Of course. Um, but uh, anyway, so if they had won last week, this would have been the number one matchup probably because it would have been a two-loss Tennessee in the top 25 going against Alabama. It's at Alabama. Alabama seems to have righted the ship after losing to A&M. They, they, they strangled Mississippi State in the bathtub last week. Um, I don't know. Tennessee's quarterback, starting quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who's played very well this year, has been, is banged up. So we'll see. I think this game is probably not going to end up that close. He, yeah, but, he also he also needs to remember yeah. that you have to put the ball in the end zone when the game is on the line. You have well, to. That was the ba- that was the backup. Oh, it was the, the oh oh okay. Hurt. I yeah. didn't even I didn't and, realize yes, that, that. And that's the reason that guy's the backup. Yeah, yeah. You got to throw it in the end zone when you don't have any time left. Yeah. I know. So, 
If it's Joe Milton at quarterback for Tennessee, I, I foresee a long evening for the Volunteers. Uh, I think if Hooker can play and is healthy for Tennessee, I think they could keep the game close for a while. Um, but uh, Tennessee's, de- off, Tennessee's defense is not great. So I, I think Alabama will probably score a good number of points. They may give up some. But anyway, it's a great rivalry game, though. Tennessee-Alabama, It's all they used to call it the third Saturday in October. Now it gets played on the fourth Saturday of October, but it's always a great It's always a great scene. Alabama's dominated the rivalry the last decade and a half, um, but you never know when the worm's going to turn, so that's a good game. And then the tie is, I said the other game that I, I couldn't distinguish between the two as far as meaningful, uh, LSU at number 12 Ole Miss. LSU now with a coach that's been fired but still coaching. What a weird bit. Um, Weird. But they beat Florida, but they have the talent to beat Ole Miss. They LSU has talent, although they're very banged up. They're very banged up. Um, they beat Florida at home last week. I, I think Ole Miss is going to beat them. But Ole Miss is and Ole Miss is. I was going to say their Ole Miss's defense has been a real weakness for their team for several years. But last week against Tennessee, they really the defense really won the game for them because the offense scored but was not did not dominate the game. Ole Miss's quarterback, Matt Corral, who might be the number one contender for yeah, the Heisman. Legit. One of the yep. top two or three. He ran the ball 30 times last week for almost 200 yards, but Coach Lane Kiffin says he's very banged up, which you can imagine running the ball 30 times uh, uh, in, in a college football game as a quarterback. And so I think he'll probably play. I think Lane's probably sandbagging a little. But is he 100%? I mean, look, I wouldn't be 100% after getting hit two or three times by those guys, so I, I can only imagine. I do think there's a little bit of an interesting subplot here. Lane Kiffin and fired coach Ed Orgeron for LSU are, are besties. They've always been close friends. But Lane also has been mentioned in the past as a possible LSU head coaching candidate. Ah. So so is I actually don't think that's where they'll go with this. Lane would love nothing more than to score 56, you know, and, and sure, to win 56 sure. to 20, 24 or something and, and really and really um, audition for either the, the LSU job or for or perhaps other bigger jobs. Um, that's just me. I'm a Lane Kiffin stan. I, I, I like Lane Kiffin. I think he's fun. Yeah, um, it, it was quite a face turn for him last Saturday night. I mean, it was quite a fit for everybody that hated him. It was hard to do anything other than just say, hey, man. Well, he all, I tell you what's funny about that is you make a guy like him, you literally hand him the ability to like, he, he was ready to capitalize yeah, on, yeah, he, yeah. he was ready to capitalize on it. And um, he, he did the classic like wrestling villain who then acts uh, totally shocked that anybody would 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 dare to impugn his integrity? You know, so it was great. It was classic no Lane, uh, but he can coach. He can coach offense. So we'll see. But I think this will be a fun game. I think it'll be high scoring, and um, and so like I said, it's also LSU Ole Miss is a bit of a rivalry as well. Not maybe as historic as Alabama Tennessee, but it's certainly a a, a, a rivalry, a south a deep south rivalry. So those are the games I would say are the are the best. The other game I'll throw in for people in, especially in like the Baltimore area and Northeast that are not big, like Southern football fans is you do have the classic, like you mentioned, Notre Dame, USC rivalry game. USC is not good this year. Um, but, but, you know, that's another great all uniform matchup too, you know, with the, the USC uniforms, the Trojans yeah. and the, the, the gold and, and the Navy for, uh, for, for Notre Dame. So, so that's so some interesting stuff this weekend, not a lot of super meaningful matchups, but you never know. You never know when somebody, 
some top 10 team is going to be on the ropes unexpectedly. All right, get your mustard ready for the weekend. That's uh, read, right. Read, That's all, right. read all about it at the Duck Pen, and, of course, also follow for, for the college football stuff and Raven stuff. Follow him on Twitter at ReedyCFB. Uh, for the other stuff, it's at Justin Reedy. Uh, Senator, always appreciate it, man. Let's talk again next week, all right? Thank you. You bet. Have a good one. Senator's suggestions for the weekend of college football. All right, uh, we got a break to get to. When we come back in, we're going to preview Maryland Million Day tomorrow, and we're giving away a pair of VIP passes for Maryland Million Day. How much can I give to you guys this morning? I'm just giving and giving and giving. You want to be there for Maryland Million Day and sit VIP with free food in the whole nine yards? Sounds like a pretty good way to spend a Saturday. We'll give them away next. Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck... I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBox Sports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash 
slash radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports, and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Back in here on GCR, we are moving right along for a Friday edition of the program. You just heard KZ's voice, and if you missed the uh, Press Box Fantasy Football Show yesterday, you can still take a listen right now by going to the archives at glennclarkradio.com or by going to the uh, uh, facebook.com slash Sports and clicking on the video tab or pressboxonline.com slash video and watch it there. Every Thursday morning, we set your lineups for the weekend of fantasy football with KZ. It's all brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. Who wants to be a VIP at Maryland Million Day tomorrow? You know what? Why don't we find out more about Maryland Million Day, and then I'll give the tickets away. How about that? How about we do that? Let's talk right now. Joining us, we are going to chat with Frank Vespi from the Racing Biz, find out more about this incredible event that is so important to the racing industry here in our state. It's tomorrow at Laurel Park. It's Maryland Million Day. Frank Vespi is with us now here on GCR. Frank, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So for people, before we get into the actual card tomorrow, just for people that have like heard about Maryland Million Day and maybe have never gone down and... They're like, yeah, wake me up when we get the Triple Crown season. That's that's when I care. <laughs> what What is important to know about why this day means so much for the local horse racing community? You know what? I, I sort of li- have, have likened, you know, the Preakness is kind of like if your kid gets married and you throw oh, this giant wedding with 500 people and it's this huge deal and people come from everywhere and you're kind of showing off and you don't know half the people, but you still have a great time. And Maryland Millions kind of like the party you throw in your backyard. And, and, you know, it's just your friends and family. It's everybody you care about. And so this is really Maryland's day to shine. You know, the Preakness is about the national horses and the national horsemen. Today or tomorrow is about the local guys. It's one for the home team. And and uh, the Maryland Horse Breeders and Maryland Million put on a great show there. They have all sorts of other activities to go along with the horse racing. It's, it's super family friendly. It's, it's low key, but, but fun, you know, it's really a fun day. I, I might be my favorite day on the Maryland racing calendar. That's really cool. I, and I, look, I've been out before. It's a really special day and um, I, you know, it's a great, also it's, it's just a great event. I mean, it's just an, a, it's a beautiful day. The weather's perfect this time of year for something like this. This is the day to be there before we get to the 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 classic uh there's a horse that i wanted to ask you about and i didn't know about this until this week this horse hello beautiful is trying to make some history tomorrow um and 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 it's it, correct me if i'm wrong this if if hello beautiful wins is it the distaff they'd be they'd be the first horse to ever win three times on maryland million day uh she'll actually equal so six other horses have won three times on okay. Maryland Million Day. Uh so she'll be the seventh in the history. Now this is the thirty sixth Maryland Million Day, and you can imagine a lot of horses have come through those gates. So so it's a pretty big deal to have won three in a row. I mean, one of the other six that's done it is a horse named Safely Kept. Safely Kept is in the National Racing Hall of Fame. So wow. you're talking about keeping pretty good company if you win three Maryland Million races. And Hello Beautiful won the won the Lassie, which is the two-year-old Philly race two years ago. 
She won the Distaff, which is for older fillies and mares last year. And she's the two to five morning line favorite in the distaff this year. When two to five basically means, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's kind of a lock. Right. She's as close to a lock as you're going to get in horse racing. All right. So here's the problem I have with the classic, Frank. Is you're okay. going to have to talk me out, and I and I'm, I'm admitting I know nothing about these horses, but <laughs> it's going to require you to talk me out of placing a few dollars on a horse name Ain't the Beer Cold, because as a Baltimore sports fan, I feel as though I have simply no choice but to put a few bucks on a horse name Ain't the Beer Cold. Uh, it's Chuck Thompson who would be who would be thanking you for that, is, yep. it, is it not? Um, yes, correct. I'm going to do even worse than that. I'm going to make a case for Ain't the Beer Cold. For oh, that. oh, that's all I needed. I, I'm literally handing you my wallet right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote a story on the racingbiz.com about Kenny Cox, who's the trainer of this horse, uh, just the other day. And so basically, if you look at this horse, this is a horse that, that was a, a stakes-quality animal as a two-year-old. Just missed winning an open stake last year as a two-year-old. Then uh, missed a bunch of time, missed most of the year, came back. You know, they ran him six furlongs. He really wants, you know, this mile and an eighth should hit him right between the eyes distance-wise. So they ran him six furlongs. That was too short. They knew it was too short. He just needed a race. Then he ran seven furlongs, and and as Kenny said to me, the horse doesn't like dirt in his face. He got dirt in his face, and he just took himself right out of the race. He said, I'm not doing this. So he was on the fence. Maybe I'm not going to run in this race. He had he had his jockey, Angel Cruz, uh, uh, breeze the horse, work the horse the other morning. He said this is the first time since he came back that he's came back as good as he was as a two-year-old. So he's actually excited about this horse coming into this race. He wants the added ground. He's going to be forwardly placed. Look for him to be involved in this race early. I think he could outrun the odds, and you're going to get paid here. You're going to get paid if he hits the board. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Whoever wins our VIP tickets that we're giving away, you're also going to be making this bet for me. I want to make that abundantly clear. That's part of the deal. I'll give you these (laughs) VIP tickets, but you are putting (laughs) some money down for me. On ain't the beer cold because that I am I am so I'm ready to make it a reckless amount of money now. <laughs> That's the way that it works. Uh, I'll, Frank, I'll take a little finder's fee on. Yeah, and understandably, that. understandably, that's the way it's going to go. Because uh, you're the difference in me putting a couple bucks down versus a lot of money down. Uh, uh, Frank, the, give me the rest of the field. Who what what stands out for you? What what is the smart way to go about betting the classic tomorrow? Well, so the horse that, that is the big favorite and, and let's be honest, should win this race is a horse named Tap and Cat. That's the eight horse, six to five on the morning line. He he's projects as maybe the controlling speed in here, and he's by far the most accomplished horse. So Tap and Cat is a horse that you've got to use on your ticket okay. somewhere, uh, and certainly you've got to use in your multi-race wagers. I mean, a couple others that are, are sort of logical contenders – our, our Torch of Truth, the Three Horse, and uh, uh, Dream Big Dreams, the Six Horse. Dream Big Dreams, by the way, trained by the same trainer who trains Hello Beautiful. Uh, so those are a couple logical contenders. And if you're looking at another, for another price horse who really isn't in good form, but has in his career shown the ability to be good enough to win here, that'd be the two horse, a horse named Prendimi, who's 12 to one on the morning line. So I, I think I'd probably be looking at, you know, 
in my multi-race wagers, I'd be looking at Tapping Cat as as a pretty strong horse, and and maybe populating, you know, maybe using a a, a Prendimi, a, a Dream Big Dreams, a Torch of Truth as uh, using them a little bit more lightly. And then in my exact, as I'd be looking to hook up, you know, a, a Tapping Cat with horses like. Uh, like Prendimi and like Ain't the Beer Cold, like real long shots that could turn a six to five horse on top into some value. Oh boy! Oh boy! I am. Uh, I I cannot let my money go any quicker at the moment right now, Frank. I can't let it go any quicker. <laughs> Maryland Racing, thanks you very oh, much for that. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Hey, uh, let everybody know about the racing biz and what it is that you guys are doing and the coverage they're going to find there. Not just obviously for Maryland Million Day, but obviously quite far beyond that. Yeah, thanks. We're we're uh, we bill ourselves the independent voice for Mid Atlantic horse racing and breeding. It's online, theracingbiz.com. We've got a free mobile app, all kinds of good stuff. We'll be covering. You know, we're going to have four people on site covering Maryland Million tomorrow. We cover racing and breeding throughout the Mid Atlantic region, so you can follow racing in Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, West Virginia. Uh, and tomorrow we're also going to have a free handicapping contest featuring Maryland Million. So you want to come and, you know, maybe just take a couple swings just for fun. It's a free contest. You can't beat that. So, uh, lots of good stuff on the racing And also a podcast that we did yesterday, handicapping six of the races. So you can hear what our experts have to say about, about half the card. It's such a special day. It's an incredible event, uh, for the, for the state, for the region. It's a great day to be down at Laurel park. And, uh, and trying to make some money yourself uh, betting on the Maryland Million Day races. Uh, Frank, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. And, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know if there's a finder's fee coming your way in a couple of days. All right. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And if you get out there, look me up. Love to, Absolutely. Uh, love to connect to Maryland Million. Thank you, Frank. All right, guys. Thank you. Frank Vespi from the Racing Biz checking in with us. So here's the deal. I'm giving away so much today. I've got VIP passes for Maryland Million Day tomorrow, which give you access to the private area, which includes free food, includes drinks, the whole deal. You will be a VIP tomorrow for Maryland Million Day. What I want you to do this time is email me, glenn at pressboxonline.com. Glenn at pressboxonline.com. Email me. Say, I'm a VIP, either in the subject line or in the body of the email. Because I can email these tickets, I can also wait until tomorrow morning. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because you don't want to you know, find out the day of and you're making plans. So I'm going to choose a winner tonight uh, by 7 o'clock. That'll be the plan. I'm going to choose a winner tonight by 7 o'clock for the VIP tickets to Maryland Million Day tomorrow. Now, you might ask yourself, Glenn, what if I already put my name in for the uh, Center Club thing? For next Tuesday that we gave away a little bit earlier on in the show. Again, if you want to be with us for the Tyus Bowser Show on Tuesday night at the Center Club, again, with food and drinks taken care of by us, that's no problem. You can try to win both of them. I'm going to make it so that the same person doesn't win both. That's a that's a bit too much. But if you want to go, email me, Glenn at PressBoxOnline.com. Say, I'm a VIP. And you'll be registered to win a pair of VIP passes for Maryland Million Day tomorrow at Laurel Park. It is truly that simple. All right. I mentioned uh, jokingly this morning on social media that I feel like I'm more Flonase than man at this point, and I stand by it. 
I do not know where the Flonase ends and the Glen begins any longer. That's how bad allergies have gotten to me this week. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular. And then we will chat with Santi Aldama to wrap things up. What a Friday show it's been. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes. But the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Friday edition of the program. If you missed Stan the Fan and Gary Stein put the finishing touches on the Maryland Five Star this week, or if you missed Stan and Ross Grimsley catching up with the great Dan Duquette 
All of that is available by going to pressboxonline.com slash video or the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Stan the fan doing a couple shows via Zoom every week for you and two good ones this week. Hey, Paul Valley, what's coming up on the bat around tomorrow morning, my friend? You need your mic to yeah. be on, yeah. Uh, tomorrow morning we have Stan for his weekly segment at 1020. We're going to have Connor Newcomb from the Locked on Orioles podcast. He's going to talk about some grades that he gave. I actually did a little hit with him on that. Um, talking about the Orioles' secondary infielders. Uh, so we're going to talk about that with Connor at 10.50. We're trying to get Brian McTaggart from the Astros. Okay. Um, he asked me to check back in with him today. I checked back in yesterday because they, they had an off day, and I know that they're at the very least going to play today and yep. possibly tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, but I have not heard back from him yet, but we're, All right. we're, we're All trying. Right. All right, very good. Uh, I'll be talking baseball. Uh, that continues, despite the fact that Paul has joined us during the week. He will be continuing the bat around with Zach every Saturday morning. Talking baseball, um, and that's tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. So make sure you're tuned in for that. Tidbit brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Of course, not only is Great Eights Memorabilia um, a great partner of ours for the Tyus Bowser Show every week, but on top of that, doing some incredible things uh, charity-wise coming up here this November to help out the Harvest of Hope and their Thanksgiving food drive and includes your ability to meet Justin Tucker or Deshaun Elliott or, of course, Tyus Bowser for free. All you got to do is bring out Thanksgiving food items that can help those in our community who need it. That's all we need you to do. Go to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the word great, the number eight, the letter S, memorabilia.com in order to find out more about these incredible events. There's also a game day watch party event with Ray Rice at uh, Jimmy's Seafood. I think you got to get tickets for that one, but all the details are right there. Great8smemorabilia.com. The word great, the number eight, the letter S, memorabilia.com in order to find out more. What you got for us? All right. So you and I were talking earlier in the week about how even though we seem to – like, kickers seem to miss kicks all the time. They but do ki- seem to do that. Yeah. But, but kicking has been up. And I, th- I think that they that they said something like the Raiders kicker hadn't missed, like, for, like, 35 or 40 straight kicks. But he'd missed, he'd missed a bunch of, bunch of extra points. It's but been they, a really weird year in that way. Yeah. The extra point thing in particular. Yeah. So, Justin Tucker is generally regarded as the goat of kickers. Yeah, of course, we remember even he missed a, a pretty critical extra point a few years ago. Yeah. I was in Florida in a baseball tournament and sitting in a bar and saw it. That was uh, the last game Joe Flacco started, correct? I believe or was it, it, the, no, was it the following week was the last week that he started. I, he started the next week against the Steelers and didn't play well. Yeah. He hurt his back. They lost. Yeah. And then when, the rest well, is history. Things seemed to work out. Yeah, I think so. So his 90.746% success rate is the highest of all time, though Harrison Bucker is right on his heels right. at 90.714%. Today's tidbit, which is interesting to me, but probably not Glenn, is that through week six and last night's game of the 2021 season, NFL kickers have missed more extra points, 32, this season, than Tucker has missed field goals in his entire 10-year career. Well, how about that? 31. How about that? Another interesting fact toward is that Harrison Butker has as many missed extra points as field goals missed in his career, having missed so thir- weird. 13 That's of so each. so weird. He's missed 13 of each. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So here's the trivia part of this like we said kicking over what is it about extra points like what i don't don't get that at all it's a chip shot but it shouldn't be any different like your preparation it shouldn't be any different like your i I don't get that what it doesn't make any sense to me 
Kicking overall, as we said, is far better than it was prior to 2013 when the league success rate was the highest it has ever been at 86.5%. In fact, prior to 2013, no season had ever seen a success rate higher than 83.9%. Yet since 2013, every completed season except for 2019 has been at 84% or higher. With that in mind, it should come as no surprise that the top six kickers of all time are currently active kickers. Now, I've given you the top two, obviously, Justin Tucker and Harrison Bucker. Who are the other four? Is there a number of kicks they've had to attempt or something like that? No, but most of these, all these guys have, have attempted a good bit. Will Lutz. Will Lutz at number five, 86.585%. Yeah, uh, turn uh, turn uh, Lil Jordan's mic back on. Let's allow him to get some guesses in. Matt Prater? Matt Prater is sense. not on the list. Really? Huh. Yeah. Just kicks long kicks. Uh, Greg, Greg Zerlein? No, no he missed is, a, he's missed yeah. a lot. Like He's got a huge leg, but he's missed a lot of kicks. Robbie Gould? Robbie Gould is number six at 86.481%. Proctor just guessed Zerlein as well, and he was wrong as well. He's a popular choice as a fantasy kicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Goskowski still active? No. No. I don't think. Okay. Uh, are you watching to see if Proctor gets more guesses in? Yeah. Okay. It pops up on my screen when All you right. messages. Uh, how about, how about, how about, how about, how about, uh, uh, has Jake Elliott tried enough to be on the list? Jake Elliott. No, not Jake Elliott. He's missed a bunch. Has he really? Yeah. This He's year. also got a big leg, though. One also- I think you'll eventually get. The other one I'm not so sure about. Okay. Right. I'm just trying to go through. Uh, uh, Jason Myers. No. Jason Sanders. I was about to say Sanders. No. Oh. Tyler Bass. No. Joey Sly. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Chris Boswell? Chris Boswell, Good. number yeah. three, yeah. 88.202%. That's genuinely surprising to me. I'm being honest. And I mean, actually, I believe that's the kicker that's missed a bunch of extra points, but he's made like 57 consecutive kicks. Really weird. Field goals. I did not know that. You have one left, and I don't know that you're going to get this guy. Okay. Uh, Youngway Koo. New. Daniel Carlson. New. Rodrigo Blankenship. No, sir. Kaimi Fairbairn. <laughs> no. I don't even know if he's still the kicker. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell you yeah. the kicker is in Houston anymore. Uh, oh, how about former Raven Graham Gano? No, sir. Good guess. It can't be Dustin Hopkins. He's got cut. He's not technically active. You're yeah. right about that. Technically, he's not. I don't. I couldn't tell you who they replaced him with, though. Proctor said Graham Gano. He misses a lot. I think. Does he really? He was having a hell of a season too. Does he? I, I guess He's been I, in the league now for a decade. I just remember him missing a lot for the Ravens. Well, he was only—he was never actually the Ravens kicker. Remember, it was Hauschka. So the the Gano was a free agent signing, and then he went to. I think he started in Washington. Was the first place he, he, he kicked, kicked for the Ravens a little not bit, not in a regular season. Really? Same. Nope. They went from Stover to Hauschka, and then uh, Hauschka to Cundiff, uh, and then Cundiff to Tucker. Hmm. Gano is only in the on the roster for pra- uh, training camp. No Proctor, not Mason Crosby. Zane Gonzalez? No. I can't, uh, Eddie Panero? No. Do you guys just want me to tell you? Well, you I'm trying to think if I can think of any uh, other yeah, kickers. I'm, I'm, yeah. Are there any other <laughs> I kickers feel like we've named a bunch. No though. Suckup. Oh, yeah, Ryan Suckup. Yeah. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Right. But ba- uh, Badgley. 
is 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 McManus still a kicker? Brandon McManus. Brandon McManus, yeah, Broncos. He is. He misses a lot for me, and he uh, so he's not on this list. What about Brett Maher? Is he still a kicker? No. Matt Bryant, is that still a thing? <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, Josh Lambeau? Josh oh. Lambeau. Josh Lambeau? Yeah. Number four wow. I for the San you. Diego Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I could not have told you if Josh Lambeau was still 87.075% in his career. How about that? Wow. How about that? I in a million you know years. a lot of kickers. Well, bro, I mean, like, I watch a lot. I watch a lot of NFL games. So do I. I would never have been able you know, to name so that every, many kickers. Every year, when you do your fantasy draft, you look at all the list of kickers, and you're like, "Oh, that guy. I remember that guy." Right. Like, I mean, you stop looking after like the first. I have never drafted. I haven't. I don't think I've ever drafted. Well, no. I, uh, well, no. I don't stream them. I typically like if I need to drop somebody, I drop my kicker, and then I just pick up who the best. But if I don't need to drop anybody, I typically find a kicker. My- my fantasy team name is constructed around my uh, kicker. We have, what is it? I have Young Hui Koo uh-huh. and Miles Gaskin. Uh-huh. So my team name is Gassy Young, and it's supposed to be Hose, but it's, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get, it's, it's a, it, anyway, so yeah. the moral of the story <laughs> is, that was, uh, that was tidbit. Tidbit was, uh, oh, no, I've already, I only got to do a Tubular sponsor. Tubular is brought to you by Window Nation. Fall's calling sale is on at Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Buy four windows, get four free. There's no limit. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Um, so we do know, obviously, that t- tomorrow is a weird day. Tonight, we know for sure there is one baseball game. It is Red Sox-Astros, game six, as Houston looks to close Boston out and advance to the World Series. It's on FS1, 8 o'clock. Nathan Eovaldi and Luis Garcia, the pitching matchup there. Tomorrow, we definitely know that there will be one baseball game. There might be two. And because we don't know that yet, we don't know exactly what time the NL game is going to be tomorrow because if there's a game seven in the AL, then the NL game will be at five. If there's not a game seven in the AL, then the NL game will be at eight. So it's just a little bit complicated in that way. We'll have to figure that out when we get there. We know that the NL game is on TBS tomorrow. If there is a Game 7, it'll be on both Fox and FS1. Of course, if there's a Game 7 on Sunday, it'll be at 8 o'clock on TBS as well in the National League Championship Series. College football, the games that matter to us locally are both on ESPN2. Cincinnati Navy at noon, Maryland-Minnesota at 3.30. Towson's at William & Mary at 3.30 on Flow Sports. Morgan hosts North Carolina Central at 1 on ESPN+. Plus, Sunday, uh, TV games, CBS has Bengals-Ravens, of course, at 1 o'clock, then Bears-Buccaneers at 425. Wanking motion. I mean, it's a <laughs> terrible national TV game. Eagles-Raiders at 4 on Fox ain't much better, and uh, Colts-49ers at 820 on NBC, which is not sexy, but at least I think should be a competitive game. It's just not a great week. You it just is. got a red zone, the 4, the four o'clock games. Yeah, it's, it's bad. There's just nothing that's worth sitting down and watching. Catch up on your recorded WWE or yeah, the, sure. the, or Crown Jewel. Right, if you missed it yesterday. If you missed that, you could do that on uh, Sunday. Everything else, it's not as nearly as important. You go to glennclarkradio.com and find it there. What's going on uh, non-sports-wise this weekend? All right, so tonight on CBS, you have SWAT at 8, Magnum PI at 9, and Blue Bloods at 10. On the CW, Penn & Teller Fool Us at 8. On okay. HBO, Real Time with Bill Maher at 10 o'clock. On HBO Max, the premiere of Dune. 
the the new Dune movie is today. Uh, Netflix season two of Lock and Key, season one of Adventure Beast, season one of Inside Job, and season one of Roaring Twenties. I've uh, heard of none of these things. Uh, I, I, no. I saw it last night. And they all looked. Some of them looked interesting. And on Apple TV, this one looked really interesting. Season one, episode one of Invasion. It's basically the world post-alien invasion. Huh? It looked cool. Right. It looked All cool. Right. That's why I put it on there. On Saturday, the only thing you have is whose line is it anyway at 8 o'clock on the CW. Uh, and then on Sunday, ABC Celebrity Wheel of Fortune with Andy Richter and Vanilla Ice at 8 o'clock. Uh, on Fox, The Simpsons at 8, The Great North at 8.30, Bob's uh, Burgers. You, you left that. Some- Jason Sudeikis is hosting SNL this week. I looked at SNL. didn't say there was a new episode. That, sure. might be, that might be a rerun. No, it's definitely not. I know this was Jason Sudeikis was definitely hosting SNL. It, if it's next week, it's next week. But it's definitely. Let me double check. I, I checked new on uh, TVTitan.com and it I, did not say it's SNL. Defi- it's it's a big deal because Jason Sudeikis is quite popular. Yeah, obviously. he's a man. Who doesn't like just Jason Sudeikis? Um, I assure uh, you, if I had seen it on the guide, I would have put it up there. Yeah, he's definitely hosting. Uh, All SNL right, then I will week, I will yeah. add that. My apologies. Damn you, Titan TV. Um, so on Fox, The Simpsons at 8, The Great North at 8.30, Bob's Burgers at 9, and Family Guy at 9.30, MTV, somehow a new episode of Ridiculousness at 8 and 8.30. That's their only programming I, it's And well, they do like six different versions of it. I've never yeah. watched any of them. Yeah. And then on HBO, Season 5, Episode 1 of Insecure, and that is at 10 o'clock. Is there a new uh, secession on Sunday night? Shouldn't there be? It just started last week, didn't it? It did just start last week. Is that a, is that a week ago already? What do you mean? Yeah, the, it was, this the, is Sunday night. It, oh, okay. Nights. Then yes, yeah. su- Succession. No, it didn't say when I when I, li- it I literally make any sense either. I literally looked up HBO. Might need a new source for all this. Might need I, a new source. Well, that one I googled streaming and it gave me all the things streaming online yeah. this weekend. And uh, the only thing on s- for HBO on Sunday it said was um, well, insecure. I don't know if they don't stream it when they air it, but I believe Succession should be airing season episode two. Yeah, it's episode two is Sunday night. Yep. I am failing at this. It's all right. It's all right. We it's clean it up. We this, move forward. This it one is, is not all right. This is, we try to improve. That's what we try to do. That's the way it goes. We try to improve from there. All right. We'll get it all up. We'll get it all up, I promise, at glennclarkradio.com. Jordan, remind everybody where they can follow you on social media. Instagram, jschwartzberg1, and Twitter, 00. zero. Worst handle. Jordan S. Such a horrendous handle. Fix that. God, fix that. Um, uh, you can follow Paul, of course. Oh, you know what? Let me do the thank yous. Let me do the thank yous, and we'll get through that part of this. Thank you to Jordan, first of all. Uh, thanks, everybody, who joined us today. Thanks to um, Kirk Morrison. Thanks to Rocky Boyman, to Bo Smolka, to Senator Justin Reedy, to Frank Vespi, and you're about to hear from Santi Aldama. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. We know Jeremy Conn will join us on Monday. Everything else, stuff and things is what, like, we, what we like to say. Uh, we'll be coming up on Monday. We will see what happens in the Ravens game and go from there. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning. There is a new episode of Jobbing Out that's available for you. Um, it got a lot of attention on the the interwebs this week because AJ broke the internet last week by uh, doing a diss track that seemed to be about the young bucks. And so the internet was aflame, and then we got a lot of run from this week's episode. Uh, he explains how all that came together and why it happened the way that it did. Um, you can listen to that right now. Find Jobbing Out in the podcast tab. 
Uh, and congratulations to AJ, who will make his debut tonight on uh, uh, SmackDown on Fox, 8 o'clock. I guess I should have included that. Big night for our buddy AJ from Chopping Out, who, of course, now is top dollar in the WWE. All righty, then. All right. Thanks to Paul Valley. Yeah, that guy's awesome. You shouldn't put that in Young Utes. The guy that was hitting baseballs in the Grand Canyon, that guy's a 10 and a half. I, have, it's, I love that guy. Did not see that. Oh, it's it's so great. I mean, they're like they're trying to find him because I guess it's illegal. I don't care. It's awesome. Uh, follow Paul on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Of course, again, I I I Paul Valley the Third on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go Maryland Navy. Towson Morgan. The the whole kit and caboodle. Duke sucks Ohio and uh go uh, Braves. Uh, Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Now we wrap up this week's shows with a conversation we had to have a little bit earlier on with former Loyola star and now Grizzlies rookie Santi Aldama right here on GCR. Really excited to welcome our next best guest back to GCR. Man, I loved watching this guy play at Loyola and calling some of his games. Uh, incredible, incredible player. And then he went in the first round of the NBA draft, and he is now a Memphis Grizzly, getting ready to make his NBA debut in the regular season. We welcome back to the program Santi Aldama, who's with us here on GCR. Santi, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you again, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Can, can you take me through like being able to live out this dream? And, and I know, you know there's probably there's one more step, right? Like taking the floor in a regular season game, but everything that you have done in your life to work hard to come to this country and a smaller school that maybe people wouldn't have expected was going to produce a first round pick to now be a first round pick and be in the NBA. Can you put into words what all of this has been like to see it pay off? Yeah. I mean, putting it into words is, is really hard. I mean, I think like you said, it's just like constant hard work every day. You know, of course my family has done a great job helping me out. Uh, back in Spain, went to an English school, stayed in my high school for my whole life. Then came to Loyola, where you know I was with, there with Coach Hardy, Coach Evo, you know. Yep. Uh, of course, Coach Tars, Coach Tiny. I've, I've had like I was really lucky with the people that were there. You know, had two kind of weird seasons where first one I played half of the season because of my injury, then the second one COVID year. You know, kind of uh, unique experience for sure. But I think it's. It's great. You know, I, I got to live that. And of course, now in the NBA, uh, one of my many dreams come true. And I think this is just the beginning of, of something special. And I'm really looking forward to, to starting the season, you know, uh, getting my first first minutes there in, in regular season, you know, and, and trying to win as many games as possible. Have you had to, like, remind yourself that you're supposed to be like, have you had any moments where you've looked around and been like, oh, that's John Morant, like, or... Or guys that you went up against in the preseason, did you have to remind yourself, hey, like, I, I know I'm supposed to be here. Have you had a moment like that? Well, I mean, I I, I see it more, you know, as I'm here now. I got to work. I, I got to, you know, earn my spot, keep grinding. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's man, many players I've looked up uh, for recently in the last couple of years and also for a long time. So, yeah, just being able to be next to them, work next to them and, and you know, compete against them is for sure, like it's it's exciting. So so yeah, I mean, it's just it's just now part of my life, and I just have to embrace it and keep working to 
to be able to compete against them every day. Who, who's the guy for you that like you're not going to be able to help it? You're going to like try to maybe see about going about getting a picture with after a game. Like who's the guy that's in the league right now that like you can't help it? You just love that guy. You, you need to say hello to him at some point. Uh, well, I don't know. I think there's there's many many good players. You know, I think Steph Curry for sure. Yeah, he's yeah, he's okay. One of unguardable guys in the league. So yeah, he he'll be one of of my tops for sure. All right, Santi Aldama is with us, Loyola alum, now with the Memphis Grizzlies. Santi, you mentioned the who you were with at Loyola, and, and obviously it was a weird experience, and boy, would we have loved to have had some packed gyms and what kind of special season with you guys making that run uh, to the Patriot League Championship. But what did you most take from your experience at Loyola with Coach Evo and, as you mentioned, Coach Hardy? What was the best thing that you learned during those couple of years that you spent here in Baltimore? Uh, I mean, many, many things, you know, but especially just teamwork and, and patience, you know, because, uh, I mean, for me, it was just like my first season. I had to wait 20-something games to to step in the court where I remember one of my few games with fans uh, at Reeds Arena, you know, uh, I received a great ovation my first game. So it's, it's you know, great remembering that moment. And my second season, like, we didn't have non-conference schedules, so it was waiting too. But also, like, just with the staff and, and all the players, uh, the, the, the work we put in, no matter what the circumstance was, you know, even when we were in quarantine, we were, we were staying in touch and everything. I think that's something I take away. And, and also, you know, all the friendships and relationships I, I have from there, you know. I mean, it's exciting to, you know, to start my new life here. But sometimes I look back and I'm like, I miss those guys. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it's like I, I was there for two years, but it feels like I was there for a lifetime. So, yeah, I'm really, really blessed to have had the opportunity to to be there. Plus, you sort of had that, like, Spanish connection going on, right, with Faure and with, uh, with Golden DK, too, right, where there was sort of this. How, how unique was that for you in transitioning to America to be able to have such sort of like a Spanish feel to your time at Loyola? Yeah, no, for sure that that helped a lot. You know, uh, I know Golden since since I'm 12 years old. We're really good friends. So being able to move to a new country with him, also Coach Evo, you yeah. know, he, he lived in Spain for many years. So so he, I can count him as uh, Spanish too. And then when Fare, you know, he he got uh, he got here the second year. It, it was great having him too. So so yeah, for sure. Even though it's new country, new experience, new culture. Having them there as a support system was was very important for all of us. I saw you on Twitter recently. You know, you, you said something. I think a lot of people would say, "Ah, what you know, what is Loyola going to do? They lose maybe the best player in the the history of the school in Santi Aldama." But I I sense that you're a little bit bullish. That the group that's still there, you know, we brought up those two guys and and Cam Spencer. Like that, there's a group that's still there that has a chance to go make a run in the Patriot League this year. No, oh, that's for sure. I mean, I think. I mean, we we have a very good team this year. Uh, we had it last year too. Unfortunately, we lost in the final, but uh, we had you know lots of injuries during the season. It was a short season, but I think this year, and I've been talking to the guys. The new freshman group is great. That's what I'm hearing. So, you know, I'm really really excited. And to be honest, I can't wait for for November to hit and start watching their games because I think they can do something special this year. What's the feeling like, Santi, even in the preseason, when, when you step on the floor and you're wearing a uniform and there's a monster crowd in the arena, like, can, can, can that part of it, like, it, does it give you chills? Like, knowing everything that you've been through, does it give you chills when you get to do that and say, I'm, I'm truly an NBA player? 
Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's like I said, it's a dream come true. I've been working for that, but yeah, especially it was my first game with fans in a long, long time. Yeah, so, right. So you know, <laughs> it's it's kind of that thing goes through your body, and you're pumped and you're excited, and and you know, it's just like you're there, but you want more and more. So, so yeah, I don't know. Like the feeling was great, especially after such a long time, and of course, in the NBA, which is like my lifelong dream. What what do what does practice look like? Like how what kind of dunk displays? I know you're 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 such a deadly shooter, of course. But like, what kind of dunk displays do you guys have? You know, Ja is 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 sub is is just unhuman, right? Like, what what does practice look like? How much fun is it for you guys to go out there and show off your athleticism in practice? Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. Of course, we have a great group of guys as an on and off the court. I think, I mean, as to answer your question, just watch yesterday's game. I think Ja uh, got some great dunks, right. great, great game. He had 38 points, I think. So, you know, it, it's it's a special group of players and, and guys. And, you know, I think it's a great spot for me just because, like, everything, everything's together. You know, the culture is great here. So, so yeah, now just to be here, uh, like you said, in practice, it's really fun watching those guys jump. Me trying to do it too, so you know. It's pretty <laughs> Who's the guy that you've most connected with? Who's the guy that maybe you've learned the most? And it's I know it's a short amount of time, and you just got there, but but who's the guy that maybe you've learned the most from so far since you arrived in Memphis? Uh, yeah, I could take away something from everybody, but I would say Stephen Adams. You yeah, know, he's yeah, he's one of our vets. He's he's new to the team, but he's been in the league for eight nine years now, and like he's he's always engaging in conversation, making us think, you know, helping us out. Uh, in any way he can and you know he he he's always there for us so so you know having someone like that is great it's so funny you say that because i know you're right i know he's only been in the league since like 2013 but boy does it feel like he's been in the league since like 2005 it feels like he's he's just been there forever man Um, yeah he's he's very smart and and you know he he loves to read about a lot of interesting stuff so yeah he's he's really really smart and like you said he looks like he knows more than what he's been in the league you know, I, so. I, I know there's been a lot of Spanish players, obviously, in recent years. Um, and it was really touching to watch the video of you from draft night, being back home and sharing that with your family. Do, do you get a sense, you know, you're not the first, right? But, like, do you get a sense of what you mean to the entire country? Like, do you feel some of that? Do you, do you get messages from people like that, that, that you really are? You're, you're carrying um, the weight for an entire country almost. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say carrying the weight you know, of the entire country. But yeah, for sure, I, I feel the support of people. You know, I, I get messages every day, you know, about people just, you know, letting me know that they support me. And, and you know, I think it's great because I love Spain. Uh, and just, you know, even though I've never had the chance to really play there at a the professional level, I think just seeing people support me, it's just, it's just great. And, you know, especially this year where, where I'm starting and, and also my, good friend Usman like he's starting too so yeah. uh, I think for us that's that's going to be a huge part of, of who we become all right he is Santi Aldama and of course getting ready to make his regular season debut with the Memphis Grizzlies Santi before I let you go I remember there being something you told me that, that it was a Spanish food that you weren't able to get in Baltimore when we talked and I can't remember what it was was it black rice was it something like that what was it that you told me you hadn't been able to find that was something you love from Spain oh yeah black rice black so I, rice I, I love Anything? Anybody in Memphis that's been able to hook you up so far? 
No, not yet, but we I think I'll be able to soon. So hopefully yeah. I, I'm working on that All for right. sure. We got to make that happen for you. Santi, we're so happy for you, man. Like it's it's such an incredible story, and 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 man, I you know it's I think it's so great for Loyola too, obviously, um, that you'll be carrying the flag for them forever. And, and do you, I, I guess let me wrap, wrap with that. Do you feel a little bit of that? Like, do you feel like that you can be an example to future kids that you can go to Loyola and live out your dreams? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like my experience at Loyola was unbelievable. Like I said, and and you know, I, I really feel feel that connection and you know i'm really looking forward I, I was looking at my schedule just thinking when i can go visit you know visit the school you know because yeah for me it's an unbelievable experience and and i think like it's it's a great spot for for many players just to go there you know uh i mean for me it worked out perfectly and i know it can for everybody because just all the group of players i i was there with and the staff and you know the athletic director donna like they, they put so much effort into making us, like, giving us everything that is just, I think it's a great spot. Like, everybody uh, feels taken care of, and, and, you know, like, I wouldn't change it for the world. A- admittedly, I'm biased because I'm an employee, but I love that place, man. It's very special. You're so right about that. Santi, man, we're so happy for you. At Santi Aldama on both Twitter and Instagram is how you follow him. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man, and, and best of luck to you throughout the season. Look forward to catching up with you down the road, all right? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you.